Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, thanks for uh, downloading this podcast. It's uh, it's a good one. It's our movie deep dive podcast with special guest Dave Kaplan on his inexplicable favorite movie, Draft Day. Real Draft Day is coming up on Thursday. Actually, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because the NFL has made a smorgasbord out of it to celebrate. Uh, we're running a special at PointlessExercise.com, the newsletter, where all this week, if you subscribe, you get 15% off. So go check that out. Again, it's PointlessExercise.com. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time for a movie deep dive. And I know we told you last time that the next movie deep dive we were going to do was The Big Lebowski, and we are still going to do it. But the NFL Draft is coming up, and we have a special movie deep dive podcast. So with me always is actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you doing? I am doing great. I'm excited for our, uh, our special guest. Yes, our special guest is, I think, the person in the world who loves this movie more than anybody who didn't actually get a paycheck for it. <laughs> it is David Kaplan, known from ESPN Radio 1000 Chicago. Did I get that right? Is that in the right order? ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago, absolutely right. Andy, Mike, it's great to be with you guys. And when Andy kicked this out to me and said, hey, you like draft day, right? No, I really fucking like draft day. Like, it's on my phone. Like, I watched it getting wheeled in for a colonoscopy the other day with the IV in my arm. So, yeah, I love this movie. Well, that's great. I have seen it, I think, five times, maybe all the way through twice. It's one of those where you kind of stumble upon it, and you're like, I'm going to watch a little of this, and next thing you know, you've made it all the way to um, them revealing what's on the sticky note and all the other stuff. So, Mike, how many times have you seen Draft Day? I want to say about three or four times. Okay. So we're all so. we're all intimately familiar with we are with the movie. We are. So Drafty was directed by Ivan Reitman, and mm-hmm. uh, Ivan had a pretty good run from 1979 1984. He directed three movies in a row: Meatballs, Stripes, yep. and Ghostbusters. Yep. yep. He also directed Twins, Dave, Kindergarten Cop, Ghostbusters Two, stuff like that. Um, so I read a note where he, he got presented the script, Mike, do you remember, uh, Charlie Sheen's BS story about how he was late for his audition for major league because he was reading the script in the car and he just couldn't get out of the car because it was so good. Yeah. We didn't believe that one. Ivan Reitman apparently couldn't go to sleep because he was reading the draft day script. It was so good. Well, that I do believe. I I believe that totally. You see a script like that because it is a really well-written movie. (laughs) I'm going to believe Ivan on that one. <laughs> so it's written by Scott Rothman and Rajiv Joseph. And mm-hmm. they parlayed this success into a number of hit movies. No, 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 they didn't. They wrote one more movie together. 
Army of One. Do you know who starred in Army of One? I have no freaking idea. Wasn't that like a commercial? You know, being Army of One yeah, wasn't yeah. a right. They wrote a bunch of for the for the U.S. military. They wrote commercials. Right. Ar- Army of One starred Nicolas Cage and Russell Brand. Now that just wow. that just smells of quality. Well, that's an Army of Two, so they yeah, didn't name exactly. That's, <laughs> that's probably why yeah. it flopped. It was misleading title. It. That's that's it for Scott Rothman's writing credits. And Rajiv Joseph uh, wrote two episodes of Nurse Jackie. And okay. That's, so that's they, about it. So they haven't they, quite got their retirement plan in yet. Well, they poured it all Not into yet. this. They're still recovering from the 2014 Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner masterpiece. With a $25 million budget and a $29.5 million haul at the box office. Yes. Which sounds like they made $4 million, but chances are they didn't. Correct. I wonder how much yeah. Costner got. You can't make the movie for $25 million with Costner in it unless you're paying everybody else, you know, minimum wage. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's how my movies are similar to baseball teams in that way, right? You have a couple of guys making a shit ton of money, but you really need the bulk of your guys making, you know, the league minimum. Very similar sort of thing. But a movie like this has a lot of names in it. So they're not, I mean, they're not getting Frank Langella for, you know, scale. No, so. they're big name. I mean, Costner, Jennifer Garner, who I she's one, right near the top of my list. I yeah. love Jennifer Garner. Uh, Dennis Leary, Frank Langella, Sam Elliott, Ellen Burstyn, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, yeah, big time people in that. They got um, a couple of stars from Veep. Timothy Simons, mm-hmm. who played Jonah and uh, Kevin so Dunn, who played Ben. And you know who Kevin Dunn's yep. sister is? Nora. Who? Nora Dunn? Nora Dunn from Saturday Night Live. Kevin Dunn's sister. There you go. Yeah, pretty yeah. successful. Kevin is a Chicago guy. Yeah, that makes Nora a Chicago girl. There you go. By familial whatever. Who's the most famous actor or actress ever from Chicago? Harrison Ford? Most famous ever. Harrison's a good guess. I mean, you know, Bill Murray obviously comes to mind. Yep. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Is that Jim Belushi? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, yeah. (laughs) Jim Belushi. It wasn't Jim Belushi. I don't think it was Jim. But John is an interesting choice. You know, a lot. A lot. A lot of talent. Yeah, there are. Mike Pusateri. Right, he's right up there with him. Well, I, that was I thought that was way too on, way too obvious to answer that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you guys embarrass me. Yes. Um, so, how many Oscars do you think um, this was nominated for? There is not a fucking chance it was nominated for any. <laughs> I was going to say none. Ironically, it was nominated for none. Now, if there was a Oscar for most creative use of split screen, this movie wins it hands down. Absolutely. I mean, when they go from, like, the Jacksonville Stadium to Seattle to the Brown Stadium to Sonny drinking coffee when his girlfriend leaves in the morning pissed off and the other guy's eating his pancakes. Yeah. Well, it's not even just that. So, like, you know, so much of this is on the phone, people calling each other. So they literally do the split screen, sometimes at an angle, sometimes straight away. But one of the characters will, like, bleed over into the other person. Like a lot of times Costner's shoulder will actually go over the thing into the other guy to try to make it. So you're not just, doesn't just look like, well, nowadays it would look like you were on a zoom call 
But back in Correct. 2014, this was the height of technology. Yeah, that's a pretty cool way that they did that. And, and they really had to because so much is over the phone. Yeah. And, that, and, uh, you really, and when you say like Chadwick Boseman in the car with Costner, that's that's where that really starts to grab you, I think. Right, when he calls him when Costner's at the gas station. Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you gave it to me. All right, so the movie opens 13 hours before the draft. And the hardest working man in uh, show business, Chris Berman, already on set at Radio City Music Hall. I didn't really know that they'd make him get there at 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. But he's there. So, Cap, my brother and I have had this uh, game our whole lives where when we watch a movie, if you hear the name of the movie said in the movie, you need to be the first person to yell, hence the name of the movie. Draft day blows it out two minutes in. Two minutes in. Chris Berman actually said, draft day. 32 teams, seven rounds, 224 young men who today are about to become players in the National Football League. A day where lives are changed, fates are decided, dynasties are born, and the clock is always ticking. Of course, I'm talking about draft day. You didn't have to, yep. couldn't even forget they, to look for it. They dropped that moniker a lot. He kind of kicks it off. They filmed the draft scenes at the 2013 draft in Radio City, uh, but it was the 2014 draft in the movie because they knew that it was going to be next year's draft. Uh, and then we get um, a shot of Seahawks general manager Tom Michaels sleeping in his office right. the night before the draft. I don't know how much he had. For- Maybe he forgot to prep for the draft. He's like, shit, I got to pull an all-nighter because I've got the seventh pick. No, he's got the first pick. He had the first pick, and he's spending the night in his office trying to figure out who to take. Uh, And he gets a call from Chai McBride. And it is never explained who Chai is playing because it it seems very – he could be the owner. He could be the team president. He clearly is – in this conversation, he is above Tom. But then later, when they're trying to make a crucial decision – He's he completely defers to Tom Michaels, so we have no idea uh, where he actually fits. Uh, but I feel like he's, he's actually Ted Phillips. <laughs> he sure. probably is. He used oh, to be the he used to be the ticket guy. Now he's the team president. He has to That's walk. It. He has to walk the owner's Pomeranian. Yes, I admire how 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 they all collaborated in the Seattle. Right. Yeah, George George McCaskey. <laughs> I'm sure watches this movie and says. This is it. Come on. Now that's that's one, collaboration. One guy's sleeping in his office. The other guy, it's four fifteen. He's already up and he's in the office. Yeah. But I found this very interesting because Chai wants to. What are we gonna do with the pick? It's. Did they just find out that they have the number one pick? They apparently have no conversations to this point about who they're gonna take. Oh shit! It's the draft. We're number one. What are we doing? <laughs> so Chai wants to trade it. And he asks um, Tom Michaels what the Rams got to, for number two overall, which, of course, was RG3. And it was three ones and a three. But nobody's offering that. So yeah. they, they don't have Ryan Pace to call. They're, <laughs> they're kind of screwed. Ryan Pace wasn't around to fleece. So they basically decide they're going to take Bo Callahan unless they can find, quote, the most desperate guy you know. We then cut right. to Sonny Weaver Jr. There he is. 
Now this, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Sonny's getting dressed. In the background, over the bed, is a huge picture of chess pieces. Yeah, I saw that. That's a little on the nose, isn't it? A a little bit. Yes, just a little little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. By the way, do you guys know where Chai McBride is from? Is he from Chicago? He is from Chicago. He absolutely born here. He was raised as a Seventh-day Adventist and attended Chicago SDA Academy and became working AT&T as a billing clerk before he fell into acting. Pretty cool. So, so Camp is Googling things during the podcast. He's basically stealing Taylor <laughs> McGregor's bit. <laughs> she's she's going to be very upset when she hears this. <laughs> so ESPN is on in the background, and they give us a breakdown of the of the best players in the draft. That's where we first hear about. Well, I guess the second time we've heard about, we get to see a little act of Bo Callahan in action. Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Wisconsin because there's been so yeah. many of those. And then they they somehow, without touching the TV, he flips it over to uh, NFL Network where Dion is making a cameo and uh, he's talking about running back Ray Jennings who got in, in Dion's words, a little skirmish, uh, a little assault and battery that landed a kid in the hospital, but you know, that's no big deal. We're not worried about that. (laughs) No. So we see Sonny write himself a note and very carefully put it in his pocket. Uh, Jennifer Garner comes up, she comes in the room and uh, as you guys have said, very beautiful Jennifer Garner, except she takes her hair, puts it behind her ear, and I don't know what it is. She has the weirdest ears I've ever seen. So, it's like, oh, I think she's awesome. Like, Jennifer, put the, put the hair back over the ears. You're fine. But she wants to know. She goes, are you going to say anything to me? So she's clearly irritated with uh, Sonny Weaver Jr. And um, he says, as any guy should in this situation, that she should understand he's going to be a little conflicted this week of all weeks. He has a draft coming up to that night his dad just died so this this news that she's trying to share with him that he's going to be a father that's got to go we got to put that on the back burner we got more important things we got to figure out what to do with the number seven pick in the draft so she they she leaves in a huff he follows her out she gets in a camaro he gets in a gmc truck chevy uh theme music starts to play in the background just to finish the product placement for us <laughs> Uh, but he gets a phone call as she pe- she literally peels out, and he's on the phone, and it's Seattle. And what's Tom Michaels doing, Cap? He's eating pancakes. He's eating pancakes. Hey, Tom, you're up early. Well, it is draft day. How you doing? Uh, well, I'm great. I'm having a great day. How about you? Well, I'm sitting here eating my pancakes, thinking about moving number one. Really? Yeah, um... As you know, Connor did a great job for us last year. But Callahan looks like, well, hell, Sonny, he's going to be a franchise player for some. You'd consider a trade? I'd consider the right one. Well, Jesus, Tom, at least act like you called me, all right? What do you, what do you want for it? I want your first pick this year, your first rounder next year, and your third rounder the year after that. Ouch. Ouch, no thanks. I know it sounds, it sounds like you're trying to take advantage of me. I would never do that. Your seventh pick gives you what? A running back with a rap sheet? 
You don't know who I'm picking seven, Tom. I'm not going to sell the farm for one guy. Well, you should. Your farm sucks. Pick number one. Get Bo Kelly. I got a quarterback. Brian Drew? You talking about Brian Drew? Jesus, you're hilarious. Guy barely made it through half the season before getting injured last year. I have the golden ticket, Sonny. If I give it to you, you get to save football in Cleveland. You have 10 seconds, then I gotta go to work. Enjoy your pancakes, Tom. Because that's what you do at, I guess, 5 in the morning out in Seattle. You eat pancakes and try to sucker somebody into taking your number one pick. And you wake up in your office first. Did he, did he brush his teeth? Did he take a shower? Or he just rolled from the couch to the table for the pancakes. Where did he even get the pancakes? I don't So many unanswered questions. I mean, really. Movie should have been three and a half hours long. We could have filled in all the important stuff like that. So Tom Michaels probably- is played by a guy named Patrick St. Esprit. Yep. And if you if you've ever seen a commercial for CBS Primetime, you've seen Patrick St. Esprit because he's basically been in every one of their hour long procedurals ever, including 73 episodes of SWAT. Otherwise, not a whole lot. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good work right there. He also I'm just looking him up now. I love that guy. He also was in played Alexander Haig in the. Assassination of Ronald Reagan, though Philly Reagan. I'm yeah. sure he got to say, "I'm in charge now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the most famous quote. So he makes an offer to Sonny. Tells him that he'll he'll give him the number one pick. It's a first this year, a first next, and then a third. Correct. Sonny says, "I've got a quarterback," and. Tom Michael says, Brian Drew, the guy barely made it through last season. I've got the golden ticket. You could save football in Cleveland. I don't know that it's football. It's, they've already lost it once. Are they going to lose it again? I don't think they're going to lose it. Uh, Sonny basically just says, enjoy your pancakes, Tom. And he hangs up. Yeah, now we never know why. What is the quarterback situation in Seattle? Right. They don't tell you that, yeah. you know, they have – a quarterback issue as well. They just, we're going to flee Sonny Weaver. He's desperate. We're going to get him. Right. <laughs> right. And they don't even set up why they would be interested in trading the number one pick. They, they don't. Just, they they don't. just kind of talk about it until later yes. when Chai whispers to Tom Michaels, this, this will solve our $7 million salary cap problem. Well, right. Sonny tells them, you get the quarterback Messiah right. you've always wanted and you get him for $7 million cheaper. And yeah. that's when Chai says, we're still giving the fans what they want. $7 million sells our salary cap problem. Right. Exactly. So it was all about the, it was all about the money. Correct. Yeah. So then the film uses some local sports radio guys in Cleveland to kind of talk about all the Cleveland sports woes. They have to catch us up. You know, they haven't won a, have, haven't won a championship. And that this is obviously before the Cavs um, finally won a title. They hadn't won a title since the, 60s um he's football. like uh, he's like he's like we don't we don't have beaches we don't have beautiful weather we don't have hot babe sunshine we got our sports teams correct he says football was invented 
20 miles away, and we lost our team to Baltimore. We got an expansion team, and we just keep losing. So Sonny hops in the truck, and he gets a phone call from Vontae Mack. My guy, Vontae Mack. <laughs> I got the interview, Chad, with Bozeman, by the way. Because he was Jackie Robinson in 42. Right. The nicest person at that level you could ever want to talk to. Because I get there, and you guys have been, when it was older, Wrigley, the catwalk that led to the skyboxes. So he's in Tom Ricketts skybox, which is a bigger skybox, like a double at the end. And I'm waiting my turn to interview this guy. Somebody comes out and they said, yeah, it'll be about 20 minutes. Chadwick's going to eat his lunch first. And it's freaking freezing. I mean, I am freezing. And he opens the door. He looks out. He goes, you look cold, man. Are you next? I said, yeah. He's like, well, come on in. Don't stand out there and freeze. And we just shot the shit while he ate his lunch. Could not have been a sweeter, nicer person than when he tragically passed. Like, no one knew he was sick. I had a picture. I tweeted it out of he and I in the skybox at Wrigley doing this interview. All I can tell you is I said to him, Vontae Mack and all is awesome, but he was the nicest human being you could ever want to meet. Every, every, every story I heard about him, same, they say the same thing. Just the greatest, greatest guy. Yeah. And he was such awesome. a phenomenal actor. I mean, he's in like three movies, you know, now, yeah. you know, that are out that right now. While he was sick. Yeah. Incredible. Crazy. Really incredible. Okay. So this, this but this is perfect because you have firsthand knowledge of this. So how, how big was he? It you says, yes, according physically, to celebrityinside.com, and this can't be wrong. They have him listed six foot, 190 pounds, which I figure makes him what? 5'10", 175. <laughs> he was tall. Okay, I'm 5'9". My producers at radio would tell you I'm 5'8". And he was definitely taller than me, but you looked at him, you didn't go, that's a middle linebacker. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, so... Right. No. He's uh when he, when he when you saw him as Jackie Robinson, you thought, okay, yeah, he looks like same build as Jackie Robinson. Not a middle linebacker. Right? He doesn't look like Roquan Smith, let's put it right. that way. Right. So he's uh skinny London Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> Emaciated Mike Singletary. That's what we've got. That's what we've got going. Yeah. And this is the yeah. guy that um Sonny Weaver thinks is the best player in the draft. I'm I'm already starting mm-hmm. to question Sonny's uh scouting ability. Yeah. Thank- so anyway, Vontae calls him. Hello? Good morning, Mr. Sonny Weaver Jr. Show number one fan, Vontae Mack. Vontae, how'd you get this number? You gave it to me. At the combine? Sorry if I called him. That's all right. It doesn't matter. Vontae, the draft, draft doesn't start until late. Where are you, New York? No, man. They wanted me up there, Radio City, but wanted to be here in Virginia with Grams. But she goes, she can't make that trip. So, who you picking? Fires you, I take a light and quick middle linebacker to murder the gaps in the three four. Totally agree. You got Reggie Wilson's number down there in Purdue? You know, I really don't find that funny. Yeah, it's funny, Vontae. You're just not feeling it right now. Look, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs before this is all over. Try and keep a sense of humor. I ain't stupid. You don't take me in seven, I drop down to the late teens. Watch the mock drafts. I know who's taking who, and I can't afford to fall that far. Can't take no late teens paycheck. 
Devontae needs a seven-pick paycheck. Got a gaggle of nephews need to get fed now. Taking them tumbling. <laughs> nephews, you love tumbling, yes or no? <laughs> See, that's the difference between them and me. I do not like tumbling, especially if I'm tumbling 13 picks. Feel me? Seventh pick makes Listen, me. I appreciate that, Devontae. I really do. But I got to go. 17 or 18. Then I got taxed. Tells him that if Cleveland doesn't take him at seven, he's, he knows he's going to drop into the late teens. Now, this is a guy who knows how to use draft leverage. Mm-hmm. If you don't draft me at seven, it's going to cost me millions of dollars. But I'm going to pay, I'm going to go to 15. Um, we see his nephews in the back, and he says he's taking his nephews to tumbling. They like tumbling. He does not like tumbling down the draft board. Right. Shot. Very good. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You say, you say the writers never worked again after this? Is that yeah, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Didn't so, know if they were working for this movie. <laughs> but that does also set up the reason why, one of the reasons why he he is so desperate to be drafted at seven yes. and also sets up a storyline that we get to later on. Right. Yeah, the nephews, it's important that we see yes. that he's, he's hands-on with his nephews. Yeah, so much so that he wipes the kid's nose with his own hand. <laughs> that yeah. was pre-COVID. So, you know, that right. stuff was okay. That was okay, man. Now we see a street in New York, and Terry Crews is walking with, uh, with a rather large man. Uh, yep. And it turns out that that is... Um, Terry Crews, another big star in the movie, by the way, yeah. So we learned that this is, um, Cl- this is Cleveland. We're looking at Cleveland royalty. We hear that about five times. As Terry's character played, uh, played for the Browns, and now his son uh, is the... Uh, the running back from Florida State, who had just a little bit of light, um, a little bit of light assault and battery, and he is played by NFL player Arian Foster. And Arian was 28 when they filmed the movie, but he's very believable. He's a young-looking 28, so you would you would think he was a 21-year-old. Yep. So I love this. So uh, they call Sonny. Sonny is pumping gas, but for some reason, now I don't pump gas like this. For some reason, Sonny is pumping gas in the truck, and he's standing. Like two aisles away, just leaving it completely unattended. Hopefully, no <laughs> one. Hopefully, no one smokes by his truck. He's going to blow it up. Right. And uh, so he needs. He wants to talk to Ray. He wants to talk to the kid about what happened in the fight. Well, they say you whooped on that kid pretty good, Ray. He's still in the hospital. He's not a kid. None of them were. They were grown men. They should have known better, Mister. Well, that's not the point. Did you hurt your hands? You need your hands, right? I know. Which immediately became a flashback to me. He's now, he's Crash Davis. Hey, I'm not going to fight you, man. I'm not going to fight you. What do you mean you're not going to fight me? Fuck. Fuck. Why am I a fuck? Why are you a fuck? Why am I a fuck? Because you got talent. I got brains, but you got talent. See this right arm? Worth a million bucks a year. All my limbs put together aren't worth seven cents a pound. What are you talking about? You're what? a great catcher. I'm a great catcher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great catcher. Forget. Forget. Hey. Just fucking forget. Hey, me. Oh. 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 Damn. 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 I didn't mean to hit you, man. Oh. Yeah. You hurt my eye. Oh. Sorry. Well, did you hit? Did you hit me with your right hand? Did you hit me with your left? Huh? Did you hit me with your right hand? Did you hit me with your left? My left. Good. It's good. Well, you get in a fight with a drunk, you don't hit him with your pitching hand. God, I can't keep giving you these free lessons. So, 
quit screwing around and help me up. So I wonder, do you think, do you think Costner um, ad-libbed the, did you hurt your hand? Well, Costner does kind of play this Kevin Costner in every movie, so he might have <laughs> he might have been reading the the, uh, the Bull Durham script there. He may have um, just actually forgot what movie he was in for a minute. That could have been a thought. Too, it yeah. was Bull Durham, and he was on the phone with Nuke. Right, and he's like, "Wait, what character am I? Oh no, it's me. That's fine. I got it. I'm good." Also, well, and then they, I should say, did you also notice they zoom right in on it? As he turns to go back to the truck, there's another truck there with a dirty back window, and they've written "Fire Sunny" in it with their finger. Correct. Very sunny. yeah. Very very sunny. Yeah. Do you do you write a? Did Ryan? Is there a lot of fire? Ryan paces in the in the back of a <laughs> window. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to write on a, on a back of a window, I, isn't it? Anytime I walk by a dirty car, I write that. <laughs> That's what's so used. Just it's okay. like second nature now. <laughs> now we go to a an empty water park. I guess it's presumably it just hasn't opened for the day yet. It's not abandoned, and Correct. we meet for the first time Frank Langella, who's playing the Browns' owner, who has a very interesting name. His name is Anthony Molina. Does the name Anthony Molina in any other yeah. context mean anything to you, Cap? Yes, he is the kid for the University of Evansville who got hit in the face in the on-deck circle by Ben Christensen, ended up having to get all of Ben's signing bonus and never played again. Apparently, he bought a water park and the Browns with it. Yeah. And he-, <laughs> he invested it well. He tells Sonny, we need to make a splash. At this point, the writers are just literally hitting us over the head with splash. <laughs> because when you go to the water park, people want to get wet. People want to get wet. Yep. Yeah. People, people pay to get wet. Yeah. Um, so I wonder: Do we think then that that part of his character, at least, is based on Daniel Snyder? Because uh, at this time, actually, I think he had just lost it. Um, he had bought uh, like twelve percent of Six Flags. And one of his Correct. co-investors was former ESPN and Fox executive Mark Shapiro. He hired him to run the whole operation. Yep. And uh, they staged kind of a coup, and he took control of the board. Uh, they did such a good job of running it. Six Flags filed for bankruptcy in 2010, <laughs> and the existing board ousted both Snyder and Shapiro, and they lost all of their investment. Other than that, it worked wow. out great. <laughs> Anthony Molina and uh, Sonny are talking. Let's talk about the draft. What do we need? I hear a quarterback is a good thing to have. We have Brian Drew. Well, word on Drew is that he's weak in the knees. That's what I heard. Well, that's because you heard it from me. We were six and ten. We last were five season. and one until Drew went down. Anthony says, "What do we need?" Again, another team that hasn't had a conversation about what they're going to do with the draft. With the draft mere hours away, uh, he says, "I hear a quarterback is a good thing to have." Sonny tells him, "We've got Brian Drew." And then, just awkward phrasing, Anthony says, I heard Brian Drew is weak in the knees. Yeah, correct. What, yeah, what? Cap, what is it? Cap, have you ever heard uh, our quarterback referred to as weak in the knees? No, I've heard that about, you know, you get weak in the knees at the sight of a pretty girl. I have right. never heard an owner of a football team go, <laughs> yeah, this is Trubisky's weak in the knees. <laughs> He's not smart enough to run the offense. They never said he was weak in the knee. Sonny tells the owner that Callahan is the only quarterback worth a shit in the draft, but the coach Penn wants a running back, and Ray Jennings is Cleveland royalty. 
Correct. Uh, so then they explain as they're talking to each other that uh, Penn took took over the Cowboys and won a Super Bowl. That's how we know this is fictional because the Cowboys somehow in, in this <laughs> universe have won a Super Bowl since 1995. Uh, but then he ran them into the ground, to which the owner says they have great helmets. <laughs> so the guy clearly focused on the right stuff. As yeah. you say. Right. Sonny tells him he wants to draft Vontae Mack and then the, the line that, that Cap just said. Defense doesn't make a splash. Sonny, people pay to get wet. Okay. So we learned that Sonny also had no influence, evidently, in hiring the head coach, right? Because he's not impressed right. with them. That's right. Thinks, not right. thinks he's a dud. And they, we find out from uh, – and obviously he – well, then we literally – in the next thing, they, they do some more sports radio exposition, and we find out that Sonny Jr., fired Sonny Sr. as head coach. Correct. So now we know that Sonny Jr. was there when Penn got hired, but he clearly doesn't like the coach that he got stuck with. Right. They're right. just, they're, they are not collaborating, and we know if you're not collaborating, that's just a bad sign. Big problem. Like, George McCaskey would be just up in arms that <laughs> the owner went over and hired, it was like Tony LaRusso getting hired by the White Sox. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yellow we find out later, $30 million for Coach Penn. Yes. Sonny, how's the coaching search going? Oh, we're, uh, it's over. I've hired uh, – I don't even know. Do we ever hear what Coach Penn's first name is? He's always just Coach Penn. He's, he's just Coach. William? Is it William Penn? That <laughs> could be. And by the way, did you guys know that Terry Crews played for the Rams, Packers, Chargers, the Rhinefire – the Redskins and the Eagles in his career. I knew he played in the NFL. I didn't know he played for every team but the Bears. Some were just as the practice squad, but yeah. Defensive end and linebacker. He's a very big dude. And we learned from every TV show he's ever been on that he can move his pecs independently of each other. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> trick. Okay, so now after the meeting with the owner, Sonny's like, ah, screw it. And he calls Seattle back. Please, Sonny, how can I help you? Okay, I'm ready to do this, Tom. Our next two number one picks, a third rounder for your pick today. Correction, your next three first round picks. What? You heard me. You want me to give you the Cleveland Browns first round picks for the next three years? That's right. Well, that's insane, Tom. That, that wasn't your offer. Well, I changed my offer. And we lived in a different world than we did a couple hours ago. I made you a fair offer, and you told me to enjoy my pancakes. You think I'm going to give you my next three number one picks? You're panicking, Sonny, and I intend to take advantage of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not panicking. Your next three first-round picks, yes or no? And we don't actually see the answer. But the next scene is the the big coach's meeting room, and um, Coach Penn is telling this really awkward, weird story about Jennings scoring a touchdown against Oklahoma. Yeah, when he transported himself six feet yes. to the left, and then 65 yards later, he's in the end zone. And even in 2014, no coach wants, no head coach wants a running back that bad, do they? 
I mean, no. certainly, I don't think Matt Nagy is ever in the well because he wouldn't run. <laughs> he he would rather never have to run the ball. Um, he would like him to do away with that position. That's right. I mean, they played a kick returner there half the time because he valued it so much. So he's talking, and we see that uh, Jonah Ryan from Veep is one of the coaches. Love so great. Sonny <laughs> walks in. Sonny walks in and tells everybody, we just made a trade with the Seahawks for the number one pick. The coaches all go nuts. And he says, Allie, are you here? You got us Bo Callahan! Certainly appears that way. Allie, you here? Yes. Just going to screw us up with a salary cap? Moving from seven to one. It's about another million and a half we weren't anticipating for this year. Maybe an extra five and a half million in signing bonus. We have that? We can make it work. Let me get into it. And you see the lovely Jennifer Garner, who we didn't really know what she, we, we didn't, we just knew she was waking up in his house earlier in the morning. Now we see that she works with him with the Browns. She walks in and he goes, Allie, are you here? Is this going to screw us up with the salary cap? Again, should you I'm really be? Yeah. Should you be making trades with no regard to whether or not uh, it's going to screw up your salary cap? And besides, without number ones for three years, eventually they're going to be in really good shape in the salary cap because uh, yeah. they're not going to have to pay anybody in the first round. And she says it's about a million and a half we weren't anticipating for this year, maybe an extra five and a half in signing bonus. Right. They could just cut Kyle Fuller. Isn't that what teams do whenever they get in a salary cap pinch? They just cut Kyle Fuller. And Bobby Massey. Yeah. And uh, he says, do we have that? And she says, we can make it work. Let me get into it. So now P- Coach Penn is pissed. He wants to know what we gave up. I thought we uh, had a QB. Tell me, what did we give up? A number one pick this year. And? First round pick next year. Okay, well, that's a lot, but you get a chance to play like Callahan. And a year after that. You gave up three consecutive first rounders. Sonny, that's our future. No. Will Callahan's our future. Sonny tells him three number ones. Actually, I think he says, we gave up our number one this year. And everybody's like, oh, that's bad. And next year, oh, that's a lot. But, you know, oh, that's a really good player. Yeah. And the year after that. And then they're all like, oh, God, we're screwed. That's our future. (laughs) (laughs) Like any of them are going to be around in three years if they don't turn the thing around anyway. Yeah. So one of the coaches I only know from being uh, the corrupt guard from the TV show Prison Break. And mm. he does a lot of talking. He's like, Sonny, that's our future. And Sonny says, no, yeah. no, Bo Callahan is our future. <laughs> Penn walks up to him and goes, 30 million. So he's like, what? 30 million. That's what you're paying me to coach your team for the next six years. Did you think it might be important to discuss this with me first? I mean, no. Sonny no. <laughs> well. did just John Fox him. But yeah, we're right. Sonny says, no, it's my call. And then Sonny says something that really should comfort everybody in the room. You can infer from Coach Penn's reaction, I just put all our asses on the line. Look, kid, I think we all agree is pretty good. Until about 10 minutes ago, I don't think any of us thought this was possible, and I seriously doubt that we have looked at him the way we might have. That's my fault. All right, guys, that's on me. Now that's changed. So if we go ahead with this, if we pick him and find out tomorrow that he has got knee problems, he's got bedwetting problems, or he's got goddamn OCD, we're all going to be fired. What? Well, thanks. I'm glad we, we made the trade first. 
<laughs> yeah, was anybody doing any prep for this draft? <laughs> nobody knows anything. No, and we I, find that out, especially uh, uh, as the draft starts and he's making calls around the league. Apparently, the draft was a shock to every general manager. Nobody had any clue that the draft was. <laughs> is it tonight? Holy oh, shit, that's shit. today. God, I got my pancakes coming. Damn. <laughs> right, and then you get the guy in Jacksonville. What's the GM? He says, what's the name of the kid GM in Jacksonville? <laughs> yep. Really? Phone rings, and you hear uh, the owner's voice. Am I on the big phone? <laughs> Can everybody hear me? And he goes, on the big phone. Sonny, I'd like to congratulate you. I asked you to make a splash, and you did. And we see that he's on his way. He's, he's getting on his plane. His, his assistant, Heather, is driving out in a golf cart with a Callahan one jersey. Now, it's a pretty, they're pretty fast in Cleveland. If, uh, he, if Sonny just told the coaches four minutes ago, and the owner's already getting on the plane, and the assistant already has the jersey mocked up, I mean, that's, that's pretty efficient. Very. Anthony says, Bo Callahan's going to be the son I never had. And Costner says, Anthony, you already have a son. So apparently Henny Youngman also got a writer's credit on this for the oldest joke they possibly could. So now we find out from the ticking thing, we find out it's about nine o'clock in the morning. Sonny is wandering around the office looking for Allie and he meets Rick, the intern. Allie tells him that Rick is going to be helping him today because Rona got mono and Allie needs Keith and Jeremy for salary cap troubleshooting. This seems like a really well-staffed front office. <laughs> it really does. The GM and the capologists don't have staff, just interns. It's basically the Cubs before Theo came. Or the yeah. Bears, maybe still. Or, or, or maybe it's the Cubs now. Right. And then, Cap, this is where we need your expertise. I'm pretty sure they got this right. This is how this works. Uh, Rick is holding, he's got the phone, and he's holding over the mouth part of the phone, trying to get Sonny's attention because Adam Schefter is on the phone. So right. when Adam Schefter needs to get a scoop... He calls the receptionist for the Browns. Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Sonny yeah, says, he doesn't have Sonny Weaver's cell phone like I did for Jim Hendry. <laughs> <sighs> so he says, tell Schefter to shove his rumor up his... He doesn't finish. He's a classy guy. Yeah. Tell him I'm yeah. not taking media calls right now. And I'm sure that'll do it. That's Schefter's... Okay, well, he's not taking media calls today. I guess I'll never know. Right. They go into Sonny's office, and he has a sign on the wall behind him that says every battle is won before it's ever fought by Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. So apparently Michael Lombardi wrote this book. That's exactly the kind <laughs> of stuff. Michael, Michael Lombardi probably working for the Browns about this time. Maybe that was his office. Uh, the prison break guard shows up and he's screaming at Rick. Get your head out of your ass. What's going on? Who the hell is this, this moron? This is our new intern, Rick. What do you want? I need every tape of Callahan, oh, like yesterday. And suddenly every tape of everyone is AWOL, and oh shit show Johnny over here doesn't have a goddamn clue where they are. Game tape is in the archives. Chill out. Chill out? They changed the punch code. Okay, I will get it, okay? I will get the Callahan tapes, for Christ's sakes. Just deal with the call and handle lunch orders. Okay. Don't ever speak to an intern like that again. Go back in the war room. Your tapes will be here shortly. Calling him shit show Johnny. Because uh, Rick doesn't have the Bo Callahan game tapes. Does the receptionist yeah. usually, are they the one that keeps all the game film for everybody? <laughs> Allie comes yeah. out and says, they're in the archives. <laughs> he goes, they're in the archives. And uh, Prison Break guy says, uh, they changed the punch code. I don't know what a punch code is, but um, 
<laughs> so the Prison Break guy is actually an actor named Wade Williams. He played Brad Bellick in Prison, in Prison Break, and he played the warden in The Dark Knight Rises. And we will get there will be another Dark Knight Rises connection here in a minute. Um, and Allie says, fine, I'll go get the Callahan tapes, which seems like a good use of her time today to have her down digging out game film. Uh, another phone call, and this time we it's uh, Sean Combs. Diddy. Diddy. His acting debut. Uh, he wants to talk to Sonny, and he calls him, I love this, he calls him Sonny Weave. <laughs> so we find out he's Bo's agent. He he hands the phone to, uh, well, while he's talking on the phone, Bo is holding up different colored shirts. And uh, the agent picks yeah. the color shirt he's supposed to wear. He's very hands-on. Sonny wants to talk to Bo. Uh, he asks him, how important is winning to you? And uh, Bo says, excuse me? And Sonny says, I've, I've studied all the tape. We know he hasn't. And talked to everyone mm-hmm. that matters. And we know he hasn't. But I still don't know how important winning is to you. Bo says, winning's everything to me. Everyone says that, Bo. I suppose they do, sir. I don't know what else to tell you. Winning is the only thing that matters to me. Meanwhile, Diddy has pulled out a pad of paper and written his dad on it. <laughs> so the Bo gives us condolences, and Sonny very uh, astutely says, thank Chris for me, which is the agent. So this was weird. During that whole conversation, Sonny never asked Bo if he drives his grandmother's Camry. <laughs> I, I thought that was like a just a standard question that you ask quarterback prospects. Or we love the dinner at Bin Thirty Six in Chapel Hill under the name James McMahon. James McMahon. Okay, so we're so really the, getting a sense. We really are getting a sense. Sonny is not at this point is not particularly good at his job. The one question he asks after doing no research, nothing at all, how important is winning to you? Which is the easiest question to just give a stock answer to. And on top of it, Sonny doesn't know who the GM of the Jacksonville team is, right? <laughs> Cost himself a number one pick by not being ready to say yes to the first offer that Seattle gave. Um, right. But then, but then wanting it so bad an hour later that he caved. Yeah, he's really good. So the without, guy, knowing any, without knowing how it impacts the salary cap. That's right. And, and without talking to his head coach. Yeah. Other than that, Sonny is GM of the year yeah. so far. Okay. So the actor who plays Bo Callahan is a guy named Josh Pence. Um, I don't know if he's related to Hunter. It doesn't look like him. Um, Mike. But he also had one other big role in his career so far. He played Tyler Winklevoss in The Social Network. So what's interesting about that, of course, is that the Winklevoss twins, Cameron and Tyler, who were a big part of The Social Network, they basically came up with the idea for Facebook that he then stole and made billions of dollars off of, and they sued him. In the movie... Army Hammer plays both twins. Well, it turns out he didn't. He only played Cameron, and Josh Pence is the body of Tyler, who they then stuck oh. Army's face on. But the thing Ooh. that Josh Pence was pissed off about was when he got the role, they didn't tell him they were going to do that. <laughs> and he had to memorize all of this complicated Aaron Sorkin dialogue and deliver it, only then to have Army's face put on him and Army's voice redo all the dialogue oh that's brutal yeah so that's pretty tough brutal. and his other big role was he played i don't remember him i'll have to see this again but in the, he was also in the dark knight rises with the prison break guy he played the younger version of raz al ghul the uh the character most famous uh liam neeson so he played the young version of that i don't think they stuck liam's face on him i think he actually got <laughs> to got to do it so he takes another phone call and it's his mom Ellen Burstyn. Hi, Mom. 
you sold a cow for magic beans. What? You could have stole Ray Jennings at seven. How does the entire world already know about this, Mom? Because Von G. Mac just tweeted it. He tweeted it? Yeah. Here. Agent just called. Brown's trade for number one. Sorry, Cleve. You get both. No Vontae. Dumb move. You're on Twitter? You're not. Mm-hmm. So apparently her <laughs> jitterbug gets tweets. Very, very advanced. In in the tweet, they show it then. She's reading it. They show it. And it has number one, pound side one, which should be a hashtag, but doesn't show up as a hashtag. But Cap, I was really disappointed because at no point in the tweet did she use the hashtag, keep the approach going. I thought Correct. That was, I thought that by then had caught on like wildfire. I switched from that to live life all in or take that. <laughs> I love the short. <laughs> the, the key to an effective hashtag is keeping it brief. So that's those are good. By the way, Kevin Costner has the same expression on his face when he learns his mom is on Twitter <laughs> that I had on my face when I learned my mom is on Twitter. <laughs> You're on Twitter, aren't you? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he had the same expression on his face as he did when Jennifer Garner told him that she was pregnant. Just kind of the same blank. And when he same. found out that the salary cap was screwed. Right. And <laughs> when he didn't know what, what, what hand Nukulus used in the fight. It's always the same face. So... While he's talking to his mom, coach walks in. He's got a, a packet of papers in one hand and a lighter in the other, sets it on fire, throws it on Sonny's desk. I got to go, Mom. This is the draft analysis we've all been working on for the last two months. Fire! Allie, fire! Allie, fire! I'm coming. Sonny still yeah. standing talking to mom while Jennifer Garner runs in and puts it out with a fire extinguisher. Uh, turns out he, he's burning up the draft analysis. Since they aren't going to use it, he's just going to set it on fire. And so, I'm just glad somebody did something. Because up until that <laughs> point, I was, I was pretty sure nobody had. Yeah. Wasn't exactly a very extensive-looking draft analysis, was it? It didn't seem like that thick. And why, why is he burning it? I mean, I, I get that he's not going to use it. That seemed like an extreme move. I think he was pissed off that a, he had to throw Rick's computer the intern, <laughs> and ex-wife was there. Right. But apparently, we learned the Cleveland Browns' fire safety very important to them because yeah. she's got the fire yes. the, immediately. While they weren't doing draft prep, they certainly were doing fire drills. Because <laughs> she's all over it. She not yeah. only knows where this fire extinguisher is, she's there within, you know, five seconds with it. Yeah. So, Coach Penn wants to know, why are we here? And uh, Sonny says, because Molina thinks you coached the Cowboys. He's like, I did coach the Cowboys. And says, well, I think you were a bad babysitter. You know, my wife loved living in Dallas, Sonny. It's a rich town full of fancy people, and she likes that kind of thing. So she wasn't exactly thrilled when I said, hey, baby, pack your bags. We're moving to Cleveland. Well, there's fancy people here, too. No, there's really not, which is okay by me. But I dragged my pretty wife to this town because this city deserves a championship, and I'm the guy that can deliver it. At which point, I think they should have then cut to uh, Joaquin Noah at the podium. Do you regret anything that you said about Cleveland? Not at all. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say, I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Penn says, keep me in the loop. And Sonny says, there is no loop. There's me doing my job, and there's you doing yours, which kind of seems like a loop. Yeah. 
Right. He also says uh, th- there's no fancy people in Cleveland. No fancy people in Cleveland. And Kevin goes, yeah, there are. He's like, no, they're not. <laughs> Which he's fine with, but his wife is not. So this is a great relationship that these guys have. Yeah, going they've clearly it's it's the kind of thing that George Pekaski dreams about. Sonny tells him your job is to coach the team. I give you. They do it different in Dallas. And uh, Penn says, yeah, they do. They win a lot. And then he shows him his Super Bowl ring, <laughs> which apparently is from 1995. But that's that's fine. I had my choice of teams to coach, Sonny, and I chose this team. OK, I chose to coach this team, not the team you're putting together in your head on the fly because your old man died last week and you're tapping one of your execs. And Sonny's like, what, what did you just say? Penn said, I'm sorry. Is that supposed to be a secret? That doesn't seem to be the part that Sonny's actually mad about, though, because then Sonny says, yeah. You know, around here we called my old man Coach Wheeler. And yes, my father died last week. So next time you refer to his name, next time you say it, at least in front of me, you say it with some goddamn reverence because he earned it. Fair enough. It's kind of a nice moment there for, for, for Sonny. That's a loyal moment. Yeah, yeah, and and Dennis Leary kind of gives a a little. Yeah, you're right. I would that was I was out of line. This is maybe maybe the turning point where they're starting to work a little bit better together. Maybe a little maybe. bit of a little bit of a little respect is being shown. A glimmer of it. Maybe, but we we we're about to get two examples of where Penn tries to go around Sonny to undo what's happened. So I don't think so yet. Okay. Now we see Vontae. He's a tumbling with the nephews, and his phone rings. And did you guys recognize what his ringtone is? Sonny Weaver Jr. Oh, God, I do remember this. Hang on. Uh... Did you recognize the phone case? Yeah, the phone case is like uh, brass knuckles. Like a brass knuckle phone case, yeah. <laughs> right. And I actually wanted to buy that in honor of the movie, and I can't find it online. It's probably illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal in twelve states. Exactly. Yeah. It was the it's the Fox NFL theme. That's correct. that's his uh, that's his ringtone. There you go. You're correct. So Sonny yells at him for being on Twitter. He's like, "No Twitter, for the love of Jesus, just stop." Sonny claims that every GM in the league has read his tweet and has made a mental note that Vontae is a guy who likes to talk and spread rumors. There's one problem with that. His rumor's true, so it's not a rumor. Um, but then, Fonte has some advice for Sonny. No, 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 no. That ball you want to take? That there's a mistake. Callahan. Callahan's a poser. Yeah. And what do you know that every scout and coach on earth does not? I know we got sacked 12 times last year. No, it was 11. It was 11 times. Yeah, well, four were mine. In one game. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I saw your highlight reel. I also remember that he beat you. Watch it again. Don't watch me. Watch him. Watch me sack him four times in one game. Then watch what happens after. Watch what happens after what? Just watch. So I hope Allie's got the tape pulled by now. I know she's been yeah. putting fires out, literally. The answer. Yeah, Rick the intern is down there with it. So Sonny, apparently to get to the coach's room, has to walk through, um, he has to go through the locker room and the weight room and the field house. And he walks by this guy named Tony Bagel Bagley, the stereotypical (laughs) meathead strength coach. 
who can't mm-hmm. wait to tell him about Brian Drew's workout from yesterday. Just the it's kind of thing I'm sure the GM wants to hear. Get it right. Brian Drew, you know about the secret workouts. Oh, that's right. That's right there. Secret workouts. So uh, the bagel, who is played by a guy named Brad William Henke, who I knew I recognized. I couldn't think of who he was. We either watched Justified. He was no. he was Coover Bennett. And <laughs> Great he name. was a horrible, horrible person on that show. And so uh, Tim, Timothy Oliphant got to kill him in a very satisfying manner. Morning, boss man. Tony Bagel, how's my favorite strength coach? Oh, hey, boss, boss. Did you hear about Brian Drew? No, what about him? He came in here yesterday, did a little workout. Guess how much he squatted. He's not supposed to be squatting. 400. Four bills. I know. And what's even more impressive is his arm. Your star wide receiver, Andre Bell, has been telling me about those secret workouts they've been doing together all winter. You know about those? Yeah. Yeah, well, Andre thinks Brian can throw a good 15 yards deeper now. I didn't believe it until I saw what he benched. What did he bench? He benched 250, 25 times. Just boom, boom. Translation, Brian Drew's in the best shape of his life. Work. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think this, the strength coach for the Bears, which, who is Jason Luskelzo, do you think he walks mm-hmm. up to Ryan Pace and he's like, I was just talking to star receiver Allen Robinson. The other day. <laughs> Uh, also, should your quarterback be doing squats after a knee surgery? Probably not. And Especially when says, uh, the doctor told him that, you know, he couldn't do whatever. Oh, Andre Bellman here having these secret workouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a golfer and he's hitting it a good 15 to 20 yards farther. Okay. Who says that the quarterback can throw it 15 to 20 yards farther? Yeah, there's no correlation there. Yeah. So those guys he overthrew by five yards last year, he's going to overthrow him by 20. It's going to be majestic. It's going to be awesome. And why, why are these workouts secret anyway from the general manager of the team? The general manager shouldn't know about these workouts. They're secret. Right. So I, it sounds to me like Brian Drew is trying to bulk up to play fullback. That's what it's yeah. like. He knows right. his quarterback days are over. I'm going to just play fullback. I'm just going to put on, put on a lot of weight. I'm going to bench press 250, 25 times. I'll be fine. Yeah. So then there's some really, uh, Mike, I'm sure you appreciated this as an actor. It's very subtle acting that happens next. Sonny goes into the bathroom to literally look himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's a split sc- uh, screen and Allie is in the women's room and she's holding her stomach to remind us in case we forgot for the last 40 minutes that she's pregnant. Uh, this was <laughs> right. very good. But what I really wanted to happen was as soon as she got done with that, I wanted the door to the stall behind her to open and Kevin from the office to walk out holding a candle. <laughs> oh, that's sort of another direction. So Sonny finally makes it to the coach's room where she's been, he's been trying to get for 20 minutes and Jonah and prison break guy. And one of the other coaches are looking at photos from Bo Callahan's 21st birthday party and they're literally assigning number grades to the <laughs> girls in the pictures. Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a very classy uh, scene. Yeah. And uh, Sonny yeah. says, uh, "How we doing on Callahan?" And the one guy says, "You mean his weaknesses? He has a weakness for banging hot chicks." <laughs> That's good. And 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 when the one guy goes, speaking as a former college QB myself, and Jonah goes, Division two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Division two. <laughs> 
So they get a little more serious, and he goes, uh... He doesn't speak French real good. Uh, he got a C minus. And he used to bite his fingernails, but then wait for it. Now he doesn't anymore. Well, Sonny, really, how many chicks do you think a guy like that sleeps with per week on average? We were thinking like 20, minimal. Minimal. I say 10. That's one and a half per day, which makes sense. Two and a half sounds exorbitant. No, listen, man, speaking as a former college quarterback myself... Division two. I say he averages like three per day, right? That's one in the morning. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to completely lose my shit on all three of you right now, but you're not making it easy. They basically come to the consensus that with all the research they've done, which is basically looking at pictures from Bo's birthday party, is that he's right. the best prospect that they've ever seen. Right, right. but they have no idea for sure because they just found out that they were having the draft that day. <laughs> that's right. Like, oh, shit, that's right. tonight. Right. And they spent no time leading up to the draft trying to figure anything about anything out about the number one prospect. <laughs> yeah. right. They're willing to give up three number ones to go get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so convinced. Uh, I mean, that's, I basically think these conversations happened in the bears war room about Mitch. <laughs> like, well, we, yeah. we, we traded up to get him. Is he any good? We don't know. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan put on the skies and went to the sun bowl. Ryan, what did you think? That was pretty much all they did. So now Sonny's talking, Sonny's talking to Allie, and he's like, uh, he goes, everybody's got something, even the great ones. Montana, he's too small. He'd get hurt, get banged up. That didn't seem to matter. Elway was too strong. He threw too hard. He didn't have any touch, but that didn't seem to matter either. Uh, Peyton Manning, everybody seemed to agree he didn't have the arm strength, couldn't throw deep. You get what I'm saying here? What I got from that is none of that shit matters. So what was the point of any of that? I didn't quite get the uh, running down the... Uh, weaknesses none of them said and and mitch trubisky drove his grandma's camry that didn't bother any of them (laughs) (laughs) so this is a very short scene that i love it's one of my favorites sonny calls tom michaels back and asks him why did you make that deal and michaels (laughs) is looking out the window and because he's traded away the number one pick there are there are seahawk fans who have showed up outside of the facility to uh protest uh, one of them is hanging him an effigy. And when right. he hangs up the phone, he turns to the guy and goes, does that look like me? But my favorite is there's a guy who's holding a sign, and the sign simply says, boo. <laughs> like, now that's, that's really good. He's uh, by the fence. Yep. <laughs> boo. Uh, Allie and Sonny go into a storeroom to talk, and there's a phone in there, which I found odd. There's a phone in the storeroom, but there is. So he kind of apologizes for not being excited in the morning when she told him he was pregnant. And he says something about him. He's not a Home Depot dad who makes, who makes the rest of us look like assholes. And she says, that's not why you look like an asshole. She says that she's not mom of the year type either. She doesn't know how to pack a lunch or change a diaper. God help me. The one thing I do understand, Sonny, is football. That's me. I'm action-oriented. I'm passionate. I'm a Cleveland girl, and I am football. And I'm thinking, oh, Mark Tressman's uh, training camp speech every year, it needs an edit. Do you guys remember what Tressman would do the first day of every training camp? He'd hold up a football and go, gentlemen, this is a football. But apparently Allie is the actual football. (laughs) Sonny gets to his office and, no, 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 uh, knock on the door. It's Rick the intern to tell Sonny that Brian Drew has trashed his office. Uh, 
Brian Drew just trashed your office. What? I told him you were busy, and he told me to uh, have intercourse with my mother, which, you know, she passed away, so I, couldn't, I, I didn't tell him that. Anyway, he got really mad and started throwing stuff around, and then he said he was going to go down to the locker room. Which makes sense. I mean, I'm sure the steroids he's been doing to, to squat 400 <laughs> pounds and bench 250 25 times are messing with his mind. Rick says, I told him you were busy, and he told me to have intercourse with my mother, which <laughs> she passed away. I thought yeah, she was kind of a nice touch that he kind of trailed that yeah. sentence off. So now we go into the office, and what I really think they missed here was somebody needed to have a crack about how uh, Brian Drew threw things around the office 15 yards farther than he would have last year. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do that. He yeah. threw the computer all the way down the hall. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sonny goes down to the locker room. And Brian finds Brian Drew, and Brian demands a trade. Did you trash my office? Trade me. Did you just trash my office? Yeah, I'm upset. Well, I don't care if you're upset. If you're upset, call your agent. All right, let him have this conversation. That's what he's there for. No, Sonny, you're going to talk to me man to man. You owe me that. I owe you? I drafted you. Your dad drafted me. No, Drew, I drafted you. I may have been in San Francisco, but my dad wasn't even looking at you until I told him to. Yeah, and when your knee crapped out and no one wanted you, I still extended the contract. I think I even gave you a raise because I believed in you. Then why pick Callahan? You know why. Then trade me. I'm going to do what's best for the team. I've been in this league for eight seasons. I've been to the playoffs. I know the system the pen wants to run, and I know I can make it work. I busted my ass this offseason. I set the bar high. I'm in great shape. I feel 10 years younger. I'm telling you, man, I swear to you, the best thing for this team this season is me. Are you finished? No. We'll get finished. And then get back to work. If I trade you, I trade you. If I don't, I don't. Do yourself a favor. Worry about Brian. Don't worry about Bo. And definitely, most absolutely, goddamn importantly, do not bother me with your shit right now, Brian. I'm working here. Sonny goes back to his office, and at this point, it's like, what is Rick the intern doing? Shouldn't he have been picking up the office? Correct. But there's still just shit scattered everywhere. And the camera zooms in on the post-it note from earlier. It's folded up, and it's just laying on the floor. It's basically, it's, it's, rosebud, it's rosebud at this point. We're not going to find out about it till the end. What's it say? He gets a very fortuitous phone call. Apparently, Wallace Langham is the general manager of the Chiefs, uh, Pete somebody, and Pete wants to know what it's going to cost to get uh, Brian Drew. Sonny says he won't say yet. For people who can't quite place Wallace Langham, he was on um, CSI for the entire run, the original, the Bill Peterson one. And there's another, another social network connection here. He played Peter Thiel in the social network. Uh, Peter Thiel was one of the founders of PayPal. He bought 10% of Facebook for $500,000 when they first were raising money. He's now worth $2.7 billion. People on the internet might know him as he was the guy that Gawker outed. And then when Hulk Hogan sued Gawker, Peter's the one who paid all the legal fees and helped put the original Deadspin out of business. So there you go. Little little internet trivia for you. That is. 
And, and he was also uh, the head writer, Phil, the head writer. That's right. On Larry Sanders. On the Larry Sanders show. Yes. So Allie's in the lunchroom and Coach Penn sidles up to her and says he wants to talk to her. Mind if I sit down? I'm busy. Don't take long. Uh, I could uh, use your help. The Browns brought me to Cleveland so that everybody could get one of these. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? Yeah, well, be that as it may, I uh, I need some draft picks back, okay? Because there's been some pretty foolish moves made by your boyfriend. My boyfriend. Please, you have his ear. I don't. Talk to him. It's not about me, it's about the, the people of Cleveland. You don't think Callahan's legit? I think Callahan might be the best prospect in the draft, but I hate rookie quarterbacks. They're stupid and they're scared. Not the good ones. We already got a good one. His name is Brian Drew. He can run my offense like a pro. Doesn't he also say to her, do you know what a double nickel Z revert? You know I do. Yeah, we get, yeah, that's coming up here in a second. So I'm trying to figure out why I got to give away the future of the franchise, and then sit around trying to teach some rookie that I don't know everything. You know, I'm talking shifts, plays, protections, snap counts, alerts, check with me's, double X, jet, ice cream, 36, counter naked, waggle at 16, 9, Tennessee free. Know what I'm saying? Don't patronize me. You know I know what you're saying. I dedicated my life to this sport just like you. And no, I will not speak to Sonny for you. And she goes, don't patronize me. You know I know what you're saying. Because after all, guys, she is football. Sonny has gone down to talk to the great W. Earl Brown. You either know him for, you may know him for two things, but you know him for one of these two things at least. Uh, He played Dan Doherty on Deadwood, one of the greatest characters in TV history. Ever. Ever. Awesome. Yep. But he also played Mary's brother, Warren, in There's Something About Mary. The kid with the, the, the kid with the headphones. So people know. Him oh, all that. right. I'm going to get Dan more Dan Doherty. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah. he uh, he's going to give he's been doing some research on Bo Callahan for Sonny. He's the only guy evidently who can actually do some sort of useful research in the organization. So he says he tells uh, Sonny Bo Ridley Callahan. Got any Beeman? <laughs> Maybe not that Ridley. Bo Ridley Callahan. He's an only child, his mom's a homemaker, his father's a medical malpractice lawyer. He's made some money, pays his taxes, he's got three years left on his mortgage. And the kid's pretty vanilla. Belonged to a few clubs in high school, he had a walk-on role in damn Yankees. He's on the honor roll from junior high through college. Kept his nose clean, he worked out, and, well, you know, he threw a football better than anybody in the great states of Washington or Wisconsin. But how do you know there's a but? Because you're an unoriginal bastard, Ralph. So go on. But but during his final year at Wisconsin, he had a big dinner for his 21st birthday at some restaurant. Locals find out who the dinner's for, and they start filing in. Things get out of control. Manager called the cops, and somebody broke in his office and stole some money. Now, of course, none of this is Bo's fault. Of course. But... But the cops came and they took everybody's name regardless. It's 200 people. Standard operating procedure. But 
Ask me who wasn't there. Who wasn't there, Ralph? Any of his teammates. None of his teammates came to the poor guy's birthday party, Sonny. So now, when you guys saw this the first time, what was your first thought about a party getting busted in Madison, Wisconsin, and the cops not taking any of the Wisconsin football Badgers' names? I thought, what a loser. This kid's a loser. None of his teammates want to come. But you're like, yeah, they're absolutely covering for the football team. It's the biggest thing yeah. Exactly. You thought that's exactly what is supposed to happen. I mean, of course they're not going to do that. Tom Osborne hit a, hit a player's gun in his desk. I mean, college football players get a little special uh, treatment. Yeah. But Sonny now, Sonny's got to find out for himself. So Sonny, he calls Wisconsin head coach Dick Moore. It's like, oh, come on, not with the names. Moore, comma, Dick, really? <laughs> and he's played by Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yes. The great Sam Elliott. And by the way, why is he holding spring football practice on draft day, isn't it? Aren't we beyond the, the timeline for that? Well, you know, I think it's We're cold, Wisconsin. Funny. they got to push it back. Not only is he doing that, it looks like it's out on the quad where all the students go back to <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. They're, doing, they're, they're scrimmaging some co-eds on the last day of, uh, of spring practice. <laughs> Dick Moore. Hey, Coach. Sonny Weaver. Oh, you're about to be a very happy man. Bill Callahan's some of my finest work. What can you tell me about him? I can tell you what I just told you. Some of my finest work. Anything else? You have the tapes. He's the real deal, Sonny. Don't overthink this like your dad would have. No offense. Look, I love Bo. My coaches love him. The cheerleaders love him. The fans love him. Everyone loves him. Then how come none of his teammates went to his birthday party? Are you kidding me with this? Seems relevant. You want to tear this kid down or what? No, I just like your take on it. Find it odd that nobody on the team was at their teammate's 21st birthday party. I don't know, Sonny. What do you think's more plausible? Nobody on an 85-person squad attended a party thrown by the captain? Or could it be that when the cops got to the place and realized that my boys had done nothing wrong, decided not to take down any of the players' names because they didn't want to jam up a bunch of good kids for doing nothing? No, wait, wait a minute. Your theory seems right. Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan hasn't got any friends. Good luck with the draft today. And then I was reminded of the of the Jerry Seinfeld bit about how when we first switched from regular landlines to cell phones, you could no longer like angrily hang up. You couldn't slam a phone down anymore. And so there's Dick Moore holding his phone in front of him and like hitting it, hitting the sh- off button as hard as he could to show that he was slamming down the phone. <laughs> right. So, but and then anyway. he yells at his team. Come on, you guys, you're looking pathetic. Well, yeah, but does Dick Moore look like the kind of coach who'd have a cell phone during practice? No. That doesn't seem like it. And then he turns no, and he, you're right, he yells at his team. And he goes, come on, guys, you were looking pathetic. And one of the guys should have yeah. turned back and goes, fuck you, coach. You were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now in a mirror to a previous scene, 
Um, Sonny looks out the window, and Browns fans have showed up to with homemade signs to celebrate that they're going to get Bo, including Pumpkinhead. There's a guy with a pumpkin on his head who's wearing a Browns jersey that says Pumpkinhead on the back of it, which he's probably <laughs> a real thing. Sonny gets a phone call from Buffalo GM Max Stone, and he's got an offer for the first pick. It's Maurice Castillo, Antonio Taylor, and first-rounders next year and the year after. Sonny says, I'm intrigued. Give me an hour. The Buffalo GM says, we'll give you half of that. So Sonny goes to find Penn because he knows that it's a bullshit offer, that Penn is calling around trying to get teams to make an offer so that he doesn't get stuck with Bo Callahan. Well, the Buffalo GM describes the players, right? He, he, this guy's a great running back. You know, yeah. And, and Sonny's like, I know who they are. But, <laughs> but does he? Does he really know who they are? He doesn't know it's the fucking draft yeah. that day. He who Buffalo has? <laughs> I don't think he knows. So Sonny's pissed at Penn's, and Sonny threatens to fire Penn, and Penn tells him he's going to do it, or, or tells him to do it. And then this, we got to talk about this bit of dialogue why do you think we need to do this Because now? you burned up any currency this team had this morning. Now you have the opportunity to build it back up. And I don't know what your problem is with Maurice. He's a beast. Looks like Tarzan plays like James. Your opinion. He plays in my He system. doesn't block. I don't need him to block. I need him to run, which he does like a bat out of hell, which takes the pressure off my offense. Okay, I got 52 Tarzans in that locker room. I could use a Jane. Uh, Sonny says, Maurice Castillo looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane. <laughs> to which Penn replies, I have 52 Tarzans in that locker room. I could use a Jane. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> it makes no sense. So great. Yeah. I just, I don't quite understand why he would need a Jane. The owner has arrived at the draft where he's greeted by Chicago's very own Kevin Dunn. Um, and uh, now we've got the Veep reunion. We've got Jonah. We've got him. All we need is NIU's very own Matt Walsh. To show up yeah. somewhere, but we don't. He didn't yeah. make it into the movie. Did not make it. So it's three hours before the draft. Molina wants to know why Sonny hasn't called in the pick yet. Like, well, that's not how it works. You don't call the pick in three hours before the draft. Just calm down. And then, uh, Mike, we need your expertise on this. I want you need to grade because one of your co-stars is in yes. is in the in the next part. So you can take this. Um, what happens next? So the, the the great Roger Goodell. Well, first of all, before he gets into that, Frank, they're they're kind of walking by the, the Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland presence at the at the draft room, and Franklin Joe's like, "I'm I'm not sitting here." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I, I don't, I don't uh, I'm not no. Oh no, no, no. So you're 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 with the you're with the uh, you're sweet here with the commissioner. You're with the commissioner, and so you're with the commissioner, and so we see the great Roger Goodell, my co-star. Now you said this happened in the they shot these scenes during the 2013 draft, yeah. right? So 2013, so, a couple of months prior to that, is when we shot the Leon Sandcastle. Well, there you go. So, so clearly he's he's using the Pusateri method that he learned on that shoot. Yeah. That's what Rod, Roger's <laughs> channeling you as he's going to say, all right, I can't be me. I need to be a professional actor. I'm going to be Mike Pusateri for this line. Right. He's like, how would an NFL commissioner respond to this <laughs> owner? He's even better. Actually, Cooper, Mr. Cooper commissioner. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? What are you doing in my lounge? <laughs> you guys sure made tonight a lot more exciting. Thanks for inviting me. Good. Enjoy it. Good luck. Will do. Now, I don't know how he didn't get nominated. But if anybody have. got an Oscar snub, it was Goodell. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's just Hall of Fame worthy, that spot there. Yeah. Yeah. They. It's in the archives at the Oscars right now. So... 
we're back to Cleveland. Sonny tells Allie he doesn't want to do the Buffalo deal because he doesn't get a pick. If he does it, he doesn't get a pick this year. And future picks are going to go to whoever Molina hires to replace him. But, I mean, what about Maurice? He's a Jane. They need a Jane. Didn't we just they decide that? Whether well, they're not going to have a Jane? Now, can we take a, 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 deal, a slight detour here and compare this to the Bears situation? I mean, isn't this isn't this cap what Pace is going to be faced with? Yeah. I mean, what, what, and isn't, see, if he, I think he's, he's, isn't he going to make his decision based on whether he has a one-year deal remaining or a multi-year deal? Right. Like if he's got an extension that we don't know about that we kind of believe maybe he does, Mm -hmm. he's taking a young quarterback then that he can play Andy Dalton. Well, we we don't know about the youngster yet. So you got to give me a couple more years. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or, 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 if he, and if, or he could be like, I'm going to do everything I can to trade up to get one of these top quarterbacks, because if I don't make a splash this year, it's, you know, I'm gone anyway. So right. it's not yeah. my problem. Not his problem. Right. And so he's, it's, it's a Jed problem, as they used to say. That's right. Theo is a Jed problem. I said to Theo one day when I knew that he was leaving and I reported that story, I said, what are you going to do about fixing this, this, and this. You said the offense is broken. He goes, that's a Jed problem. I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, you were all over that before anybody else was, Theo. I got to know Theo really well, and he he told me. And I said, hey, dude, I had called him. I said, I'm hearing you're not coming back next year. Not true. Then he called me one night and said, where the fuck did you get that? (laughs) <laughs> I've been around here a lot of years. I hear shit. And he's like, dude, you can't report that. I'm like, dude, I have to report that. That you're Theo. There's yeah. Cher. There's Theo. <laughs> there are not too many that we know by one name. Yeah. I have to report it. And I did. And then it all, all that shit blew up. It was funny. Wow. It was great to deal with, man. I'll never say a bad word about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Something. What do you think of Jed? You like Jed? Yeah, he's an awesome human being. I mean, I just think that right now, this team is, for whatever reason, if you were a fan of pick the team, the Baltimore Orioles, and you announced you had acquired Baez, Bryant, pick one, you'd be like, we just got a freaking star. We got all these guys here, and they suck. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just has to be, they got to they gotta redo it. Sonny's selling Alley. He's been here two years. So this, we can, now we can kind of piece together the timeline. He goes, we, yeah, he's been here two years and hasn't had a team, hasn't had his team put together yet. First year was his dad's. Second year he got stuck with Penn. And now it's finally supposed to be his season. So it's very Mike Glennon. Sonny, this is my, this is my team. This is my season. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I just want the team I want one time. And she says, why are you bugging me if you already know? And then we get more awkward writing. He says, do you remember the 89 Super Bowl? And she gives the answer that everybody would give. Remember the 89 Super Bowl? 49ers, Bengals. Niners down by three, 320 left in the game. 93-yard winning drive. Taylor beats the weak safety for a 10-yard TD. <laughs> She's yeah. a rain man. Right, that's exactly yeah. how everybody would say it. And then he tells, <laughs> he tells the famous story about Montana being so cool that at the beginning of the drive, he, looks, he points out that John Candy is in the stands. Yeah. Although in this, I don't know why uh, they feel the need that he has to say the actor 
John Candy, even though they're going to show him. It's like, did we think maybe it was, you know, the the former, right. uh, I don't know, ambassador to the Vatican, John Kennedy, John Kenny, <laughs> Candy? I don't know. <laughs> so they, they, they talk about the drive, and he says, no one can stop a ticking clock, but the great ones, the great ones find a way to slow it down. And she goes, so slow it down, Sonny, which <laughs> nice line, but is not really advice. Right. He goes back to the coach's room. Sonny tells the coaches that he's, he's not going to take the Bills deal, and it's still Callahan. And Penn says, it's a bonehead move. It's also something Ooh. I'm sure a coach would say. Sonny yeah. wants him to pull up Wisconsin, Ohio State. So they pull up the film. Apparently, Allie has found the punch code, and now they can watch the film. And they watch, uh, they watch the Mac sacks and then the play after to show how flustered Bo would get after a little adversity. Uh, then they watch the game-winning touchdown where the coaches all go nuts. But Sonny wants to know what's missing. And Penn goes, the fullback? It's like, Jesus, how <laughs> old is this guy? Wisconsin <laughs> runs all their sets out of an empty back. <laughs> back. <Yeah. laughs> Just stop right here. What's missing? Fullback. Wisconsin runs most of their passing plays out of an empty backfield. No, not what I'm looking at. Try again. So he says, it's Vontae. He's not on the field. And so uh, prison break guy says, well, Vontae got ejected for giving the ball after a strip sack touchdown to a fan uh, and going nuts when he was flagged. Penn says, again, bonehead move. The dude loves bonehead. <laughs> he can't give the ball to some girl. And Sonny's like, that wasn't some girl. That was his sister. She died about six months later. To yeah. Penn says, boo friggin' who? We ain't running mm-hmm. an after-school special here. We're running a football team whose offense was ranked 28th in the league last year, and I still need a running back. <laughs> now, I get that they didn't do any research on Bo, but presumably they did research on Vontae Mack. Yes. So, Wouldn't they have known all of this yeah. already, that he was taught it was horseshit, that he got tossed out, that it was his sister he was giving the ball to? Wouldn't all of that have come out? He would right. have like, they were taking him. Yeah. yeah. I'm also pretty sure that that would have then been the lead feature on uh, college game day the next week. I would so think. all they would have had to have done was watched, um, you know, Herbie and Corso and David Pollack and Reese Davis. And they told them all that. The very sad music behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Allie walks into Sonny's still ransacked office. I don't know what Rick, the intern is doing, but he's not picking up the fucking office. And she right. picks up the post-it note. Uh, Moline, they go back to the draft. Molina's on set with Rich Eisen, and he's being very coy. He won't say who the draft number one, but he's clearly still excited. Uh, Sonny grabs Allie and takes her back into the storeroom for the second half. No wonder everybody knows that they're boning. They keep sneaking off to the storeroom during work. Right. She keeps holding her stomach. So he asks her what she wants. She says for it to not be a secret. And they're going to have this nice emotional uh, moment, and there's a knock on the door again. It's, it's the intern. And he says, Ralph needs to talk to Sonny. He's got a new Callahan story. Jesus, Rick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Head of security said he wanted to talk to Mr. Weaver. He said it was urgent. Ralph. Sonny. Allie. Ralph. Everybody cozy. Good. Sonny, if you don't mind, I've got something for you in my office. Got a new Callahan story for you. Not sure I want to hear it. You know, you hung me out to drive pretty good with the last one. Just talk to Jack Tate in Washington. 
He said when they found out they had the number five pick, first thing they did was send a copy of their playbook to all the guys they were interested in. Right. We do the same thing. No, no, they put a little special twist on it. They tape a $100 bill to the last page. Why? So when they're interviewing the guys and they ask them if they read the whole playbook, of course all of them are going to say yes. About half of them, they mention the money, but the other half don't. So when they tell them about the $100 bill, most of the guys get embarrassed. They get flustered. They fess up that they didn't read the whole thing. But ask me what your boy Bo Callahan did. You know, I really hate playing this game with you. Ask. All right, what did Bo Callahan do? Neither. He said that he'd read it, and then he didn't say anything. So? He didn't know about the $100 bill, Sonny. He lied. Never read the whole playbook. So a lot of guys don't. Yes, but when they confront him about it, they tell him about the money, he lied again. He said something like, oh, oh yeah, now I remember. Good one, good one, guys. Jack said he is the only guy to tell the lie and then to have the balls to stand and stick up for the lie. Said it was the second strangest response he had seen to the $100 bill thing. Want to know what the first was? God damn it, Ralph, just tell me. A kid mailed the $100 bill back to them. That kid put it in a card, and he wrote on the card, save this for when I win you the Super Bowl. Nice. Don't you want to know who that kid was? No. It was Brian Drew. It was Brian Drew. The saintly, the saintly Brian Drew. We'll get right. back 250 pounds 25, 25 times. times. And set the all-time record at the Combine. <laughs> so he gets called from the Texans and they're like talk to me about Vontae Mack and, and he's like why and it's like who cares why well it's hard to talk about him if you don't say what the hell you want to know about him and um, so basically what they're trying to figure out is why he was good they were clearly going to take him at seven but then they, they uh, tr- traded up to one so now they're going to take Bo but I guess these guys, the Texans figure, they did a lot of homework on Vontae. Tell us what you know about Vontae. But right, which uh, would that ever happen? What, what, are, are, would there is it in the GM fraternity? Would that conversation happen? Why would he tell him anything? I, I didn't understand that. Yeah, that did seem odd. I know sense. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then Vontae's agent's talking to him, and he tells him Houston's interested in fifteen, but that might be his best shot. Now the Cleveland's not at seven. He tells Vontae it could be a long night. So now we're set up where Vontae. <laughs> Might not go, what, in the top 20? It's adding right. a lot of value to that first pick, I can already tell. Yeah. Study so back to the office again. Uh, he finds out that his mom, sees his mom and his ex-wife, who was played by Rosanna Arquette for 15 seconds, 30 right. seconds in the movie. I really need the two of you today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there in his still ransacked office, mom is holding an urn. So his mom, dad, and his ex-wife are all technically in the office with him. Yeah. And um, they read dad's will, apparently on draft day. It was a shock to them, too, that <laughs> draft day was coming. So they read the will that day. Right. Uh, and uh, Sonny Sr. wanted his ashes scattered on the practice field. They named after him. So uh, she gives Sonny a folder with something for him to read. It makes no sense why the ex-wife is there. No. Allie comes in, and Sonny introduces her to the ex-wife. Um, he, she then, Allie says hi to mom, and mom calls her Amy. Yeah, how you doing, uh, Amy? On purpose. 
Mm-hmm. So this is Sunny off. Here. Yeah. This is Sunny off. He goes, Allie, you know it's Allie. And uh, <laughs> mom motions the ex-wife and um, motions the ex-wife to kind of Allie, and she's like, she's the, and she says, go get us some coffee, would you, sweetie? <laughs> So Sonny tells mom they're not doing the ashes thing. He grabs a laptop, whips it at the wall, and he goes, not today. And uh, mom storms out. The ex-wife follows and looks at Allie and says, good luck. So then uh, Allie asks Sonny, how about we go get some fresh air? And so they go down to Weaver Field, the practice field, Mm -hmm. and we see a plaque with Sonny's visage on it. And this is where I think the, the, the last Veep reference comes in because... Uh, Sonny Sr. looks a lot like Gary Cole. He does. A lot like Gary Cole. Yes. Yes. Or it could also be Rick Venturi. It was one of them. <laughs> I'm not sure who it was. Oh, good. Uh, but we do get an important scene because then Allie asks Sonny why he hated his father. What was it? Why, why did you hate him so much? I didn't hate my father. I didn't... You know what? Everyone always gives me grief for firing my father. Well, you did. I was here that day. It was my mother. What? It was my mother. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm the one who fired him, but it was my mother who asked me to do it. My dad's doctors told him that the stress of coaching was going to kill him, so of course he refused to retire. So now I have a choice. The time he has left at home with my mother, or another year on the another year on the sidelines where maybe he drops dead on national television. So what do you do? I gave it to my mom and I fired him. How come you never told me that before? You know, there's already so many versions of what happened that it's not really something I love talking about. You never told him. You just, you let him believe that his only son That's would just we fire do him. things in my family. Sonny. You know, all I ever wanted to do was just get him a ring. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there are so many versions of what happened, it's not something I really like talking about. You kind of think that maybe the boyfriend would tell the girlfriend his version of the story. Since she works for the team, but he didn't do that. You would think so, yeah. But then she's an important thing. She said, you never told him. You just let him believe that his only son fired him. And he goes, that's how we do things in my family. All I ever wanted was to just give him a ring. And then out comes mom and his ex-wife and the coaches in a single file line walking (laughs) out onto the field to spread the ashes. Little funeral procession. We go back up to the office and uh, Rick is almost in tears at the desk trying to fix a broken laptop. Rick, what are you doing? Someone broke my computer. You know, can you believe that? I mean, this thing had my entire life on it, and I don't know. Who would do that? It was me. I threw it against a wall. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Why did you do that? Look, I lost my head, okay? I've been... We're stepping on my dick all day. Look, we'll we'll get you a new one, all right? We'll get you a better one. And with all the bells and whistles. 
Like you've been a soldier today, all right? You don't deserve this. Okay? Yeah. Good. You know, this poor Rick, it occurs to me as we're doing this this podcast, if if there's no Rick character, there's no movie. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, guy's at the, the center of everything. Yeah. He's got to he's got to answer the phone for Adam Schefter. He's got to knock right. on the storeroom door to tell him Ralph wants him twice. He's, he's right. the cog to this whole thing. And Rick's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He still lost all my shit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, can we fucking go to Best Buy right now, then, Sonny? Because like, we got the draft tonight. Oh, do we? I didn't think you guys remembered that. So now we're getting really close to draft time. It's forty minutes of the draft. We see Bo Callahan show up. We see Ray Jennings show up, and we see uh, Anthony Molina talking to Ray Lewis. And, uh, of course, f- famous Cleveland Browns draft pick, Ray Lewis, who never played for the Browns because between the draft and the start of his first season, they moved to Baltimore. Uh, but he goes, Ray, remind you, when did they pick you, first or second? And Ray's like, still hurts. It was 26th. <laughs> and Molina goes, that's good, too. And then, I'm sure the part they cut out, he's like, hey, Ray, whatever happened to that fur coat you wore to the Super Bowl in Atlanta? <laughs> and I don't think that made it in. I don't think so. So now Sonny's going to call Bo again. This is his version of doing due diligence. He calls him, and he goes, I'm going to ask you something. I want you to be absolutely honest with me. Do you think you can do that? He's like, as sure as anything, Mr. Weaver. Bo, did your teammates come to your birthday party? He's like, what? For your 21st birthday party, I'm asking, did your teammates at Wisconsin come to that party or not? And he goes, look, Mr. Weaver, this isn't something I'm very proud of, but I don't really remember a single thing from that night which Sonny is a long pause, and he goes, you know what? I don't remember mine either. Thanks, Bo. I'll talk to you later. Did he ask Bo, what did he say? And Bo goes, nothing. (laughs) But at that moment, it's pretty clear, Sonny has decided, fuck it. We're not drafting Bo Callahan. Yeah, he's a bust. I'm not taking that asshole. Right. And, of course, Sonny's 21st birthday party was 30 years ago, so it's not surprising. (laughs) I don't remember it uh, because it was my dementia. Yeah. Bose was like, you know, six months ago. So Sonny looks out the window and he looks out on the practice field and his mom is standing there alone. Looking pretty much like the old lady in Titanic about to throw the diamond into the. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Allie walks in. Sonny goes, asks her if he should take Callahan. She goes, what do you want me to say? He's a winner. He's like, he is. He is. I mean, that's the word, right? He's won everywhere he's been. Yeah, everywhere he's been is high school and college so far. Does that count? Yeah, right. So then she compares him to Ryan Leaf. Ouch. Seems like a low blow. I didn't I didn't know Bo was addicted to painkillers, but um and she goes, Yeah, Ryan Leaf's got it. Ryan Leaf's gotta be Jesus. <laughs> I can't catch a break. I just oh want to go God. to a movie. Just kick me in the balls. I'm sitting here trying to have some popcorn. Jesus. And she goes, nobody said that about Tom Brady when he went 199th. There's no such thing as a sure thing. At the end of the day, all that matters is what you think. And she takes the post-it note and she puts it on the desk in front of him. <laughs> so we get a little collage. We get a shot of Vontae Mack with his family and friends starting to filter into the house because he's going to watch the draft at home because his... his uh, his mom or his grandma couldn't make, didn't want her to make the trip to New York. So he's got to stay. Travel, and then he's got that agent sitting right next to him. Yeah. yeah. Who does not seem very tapped in. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Forgot to turn his phone on, even if anybody knew to call him. 
And then we also see a Cleveland fan draft party at what appears to be a tilted kilt. So, you know, very Ooh, well classy. spotted. Yeah. Well spotted. Yeah. Draft starts. Cleveland still hasn't sent in their pick. Um, there's Roger. He's up on the stage ready to start the draft. I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's a, he's, it's the second Leon Sandcastle commercial he's about to shoot, but he's ready. Could be. Then we see Brian Drew, his very lovely wife, and their adorable little daughter anxiously watching at home, just like Mike Glennon in 2017. <laughs> and then Eisen throws out, the, it's the, he's like, the Browns still haven't sent their pick in. What if they, what if they miss and have to pass like the Vikings did, <laughs> which I enjoyed. That was great. Sonny finally calls the pick in to Kevin Dunn. He walks into the draft room. One of the coaches asks when they're going to send in. Oh, it's uh, Jonah. Jonah asks, when are they going to send in the pick? No, he says, when are we sending in the ticket? Oh, the ticket. The The ticket, yes, the ticket. Like it's a raffle. They're going to draw a winner and see who gets the quarterback. Sonny, thank God. Where you been? We're on the clock. Sonny, when are we sending in the ticket? Yeah. I already sent the ticket. You did what? What You sent the ticket. It's tradition. We all sent. New tradition, guys. All right, when this team starts winning... We'll go back to that. So the pick comes in, and then we um, it's on its way up to Roger, and they get a shot of Bo and his girlfriend, who appears to be in her mid-40s. They're sitting nervously at a table. Yeah, the blonde who yeah. looks like like 41 years old. <laughs> it says mom or his girlfriend. Or, I'm not, we're not really sure, but it's, it's supposed to be his girlfriend. Roger announces the first pick. And the pick is finally in. It's currently being brandished by some walkie-talkied individual taking it up to the commissioner's podium. A big, humongous pick for the Cleveland Browns. Now, to find out whose name is on that card, here is the commissioner, ready to make history in Cleveland. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Vontae Mack, linebacker, Ohio State. <laughs> Which is probably the worst number one draft pick in history. And everybody's like, well, Brian Drew, his daughter, and his hot wife are extremely happy. Vontae's in shock. And the coaches well, just start a, uh, yelling at Sonny silently. Like, the music swells, and you see them screaming at him, but you don't hear any of it. Right. What an idiot. <laughs> I have a connection here. I, I uh, The daughter uh, is played by Sophie Guest. You talking about Brian Drew's daughter? Brian Drew's daughter, yes. Played by, she was in Jack Reacher. And I was in a movie with her, I just learned. Uh, she was in, we were both in the movie Love the Coopers. There you go. So there you go. So that puts me, you know, uh, one degree closer to Frank Langella, I guess. <laughs> so the, the coaches are screaming at him. Sonny finally just kind of rolls his eyes. He takes that post-it note and he just tosses it on the table and walks out. Mm-hmm. Coach Penn picks it up, unfolds it. And what does it say? Vontae Mack, no matter what. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Yes. What a payoff. We saw that post-it note like 18 times leading up to this moment, right? Yeah. Did. So he traded uh, three number ones to move up to take the guy he was going to take at seven, and if he didn't take at seven, was going to drop into the teens. It was very savvy. Um, yeah. Molina calls 
and he tells Allie that he's on his way to Teterboro Airport, and he'll be in Sonny's face literally in an hour. Yeah, I'm a- not sure if that's to fire him or to whack him. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> I-, I could go either way. So I'll get, we'll get into the timing in a minute. Um, Sonny calls Vante. Vante can't talk because he's crying and laughing at the same time. It's also kind of a nice moment. Uh, and Bo looks at his eight rightly. Bo looks at his agent and goes, what just happened? Because <laughs> we talk about Vante's agent not being clued in. How good an agent is Diddy if he had he got completely blindsided by the fact that his guy wasn't going number one when all day long, for, when for months he had assumed he was going to go number one? He had no clue. Like, these things happen. It's the NFL draft. <laughs> well, he, he admonishes him to, to calm down. He's like, this is the NFL draft. These things happen all the time. These teams don't want a, a quarterback who panics. I need you to, oh, he had stormed out. He's I need you to come inside now. And he grabs him and they go in. What Bo should be doing is firing his agent is what Bo should be. I need you to come inside now. Now. (laughs) So best line of the movie, Sonny walks into Allie's office and says, three first round picks to get the guy I could have gotten all along. She goes, sometimes the correct path is the tortured one. It's a gift, Sonny. You see things others don't see. It's one of the things I love about you. So, yeah, you see trading up to one to take a guy you know you could have traded back to 15 and still gotten. You're like Ryan Pace, only somehow worse. And now is probably a good time to tell you you're not the father. Bill Poley in it. This is also great. Jonah busts in. Excuse me. But you're not going to believe what's happening. You, you know, I think back, Dion, and, and I go back to 1983, and I start thinking about Dan Marino. He was the sixth quarterback taken. Holy shit. And What's going on? Let's drop it. And then more recently, what? Picks number two and three are not Bo Callahan. Nobody's picking him. Green Bay in the mid twenties. Geno Smith. Just last year. Geno Smith drops out of the first round, and there are all kinds of rumors going on right now. Why is this kid dropping? And everybody's freaking out, Sonny. St. Louis went with Anderson. Miami took Palmer. Who's picking fourth? Arizona. Are they going to take Callahan? They should, but everybody's off their game. Mike Mayock is comparing Bo to Geno Smith. That's not good. So he's back in the coach's room, and they're all, you know, now they're all engaged again. And somebody asks, who's picking fourth? It's Arizona. Are they going to take Callahan? And then Coach Penn. Again. Another terrible line. Yeah, who's picking fourth? We don't know. We have no idea. Okay. (laughs) No fucking clue, but you're really good at your job. (laughs) But Coach Penn says, or are they, are, are they taking Callahan? And Coach Penn goes, they should, but everybody's off their game. Rams and Dolphins both went with the expected picks. What does off their game means? Nobody's ever <laughs> been to a draft where a guy gets picked that you don't expect, and you're like, oh, now we get to take this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like this because in the background, they have a board that you can see with all the, all the picks on it, and you can see that in the, in the fictional 2014 draft, the Bears are going to pick 20th. In the real 2014 draft, they took Kyle Fuller. 13. Oh, they picked 13? I think, I think, they, I think in the, when they got Fuller, they got him to pick after Aaron Donald. Yeah, I know they, they wanted Aaron Donald and thought they were going to get him. They didn't think the Rams were going to take another defensive lineman. Right. That was the great Phil Emery. He was always prepared for everything. Um, yeah. Now we get to your favorite part of this. They're looking at the board like, all right. Uh, they have that kid GM down there in Jacksonville. What's his name? 
Yeah, exactly. Jonah goes, Jeff Carson. And prison break guard goes, rookie. So Sonny calls Carson, who looks like he's literally about to shit his pants. This is some mm-hmm. excellent right. acting by Pat Healy. <laughs> he didn't know his name. He calls him, what's up, buddy? Yep. <laughs> but uh, Carson goes, what do you know? What's wrong with Callahan? And then he goes, the Rams took my pick. Everything's out of whack. Didn't we just hear that the Rams and Dolphins took the guys they were expected to take? Yes, we did. They literally just said that. (laughs) This guy's picking sixth in the draft, and he apparently only had one name on the draft board, and it's gone, and now he doesn't know what to do. Hold on, I got to ask you to an aside. Can you name the biggest name actor who ever went to Northern Illinois University? Well, Joan Allen. Okay, maybe. What about Wood? <laughs> yeah, Wood Harris. Harris. Wood and Steve Wood Harris, Harris both went to um, went to NIU. Yes, you can't. Yeah. It's hard to top yeah. Avon Barksdale. Exactly. Yes. Very hard. Yes. What a great show that was. Awesome show. While they're on the phone, Arizona takes cornerback Robert Starks, to which Jeff Carson goes, "Shit, Starks was my backup," which is comforting. Right. He actually had two names, not one. He actually had two guys on the draft board, so that's great. Right. Uh, I don't know what this guy's going to do like when the third and fourth round come around. He's like, wait, we're still picking? He's like, I don't, I don't even know who to take. <laughs> so he still wants to know. He's like, what's wrong with Callahan? And Sonny says, can I be frank with you? I think he's a bust. <laughs> and Carson's like, what? Why? He's like, I don't know. It's a gut feeling. To be honest, Jeff, it's a character thing for me. Sonny says, I have needs. If you want to move six, I can make that happen. And Jeff goes, who are you taking? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that. The question is, do you want to make a trade? If you don't want Callahan, you can still walk out of here with a handful of draft picks and walk out of here looking like a seasoned pro. I don't think that part's going to happen. No. Like, I don't no. know. I don't know. And he goes, every year someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. You hear me? I have a feeling that this year could be you if you don't make this deal. Everyone has a reason to pass on Bo Callahan. You don't. Give me six, and I'll give you our second rounder this year and our second rounder next year. And Carson goes, that sounds awesome, Sonny. What am I, a jerk? It's like, well, yeah, it kind of seems like it. Kind of. I don't even know your name, but. Sonny counters with final offer. Our number two this year, next year, and the year after that. That's three years of number two picks. Now, Carson's starting to, you know, he's, oh, four. I want your next four. Stay on planet Earth with me. You know what I offered is fair. No, it's not. Three number twos for the sixth pick of the draft is no planet is that fair. Uh, He's like. Uh, and you guys can regroup, figure yourselves out, and relax. It's a good deal, Jeff. It's a good deal for both of us. Yeah. It, by the way, it's draft day. You guys can now regroup. Yes, you can regroup. <laughs> figure yourselves out. You wait till when the second round starts tomorrow, and you, you can have all your picks ready. <laughs> but what does Jeff Carson do? He goes, deal. And then my, the, the best part of this, the Jacksonville War Room starts to, like, jump up and down and celebrate. Like, it's the greatest trade ever. It's like, no, you morons gave up the sixth pick of the draft for three second rounders. Yeah. So, the Cap, this is probably, um, this, I guess, would have to be your favorite scene in the movie coming up. Because Sonny tells whoever to call Michaels. Uh, Coach Pan is pissed again, and he's yelling at him. In the span of one day, you managed to burn through three years of number one and number two picks. I quit. And he's like, don't quit. I can't coach a team that doesn't have a future. That's how this works. And so Sonny tells everybody to shut up. And he says, don't quit. Just let me do my job now. If by the end of the night you still want to quit, then quit. But just see what I do from here. <laughs> the owner bursts in. And he goes, you son of a bitch. 
Okay. Now here's where here's this is problematic. We know that they're on the they're currently on, they're not on the clock. So they're on the fifth pick of the draft. It means four picks have been made. We also know that the owner didn't leave the draft until after the first round pick was announced. It was Vontae Mack. So right. in, in 2014, 10 minutes for each pick. 30 minutes have passed. He has somehow gotten from Radio City Music Hall to Teterboro Airport on his plane to Cleveland from the Cleveland Airport to the practice facility. He's in the, the concourse. Yes, that's, it's pretty amazing. I tried to do all the math. I figured if you give him credit for... It's not as far from Teterboro to Radio City Music Hall. It's 13 miles. It's nighttime on a weekday. Say it takes him a half hour to get there. Uh, in a commercial plane, it's an hour and a half. So shave 20 minutes off because you're on a little private jet. You can go faster. Um, but then he still has to give the helicopters from the airport to the facility. They're, he's an hour away at this point. He's not standing there screaming at him. So right. seems, seems odd that uh, they did that. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, Sonny says, give me five minutes and then you can fire me. And Allie looks at, at the owner and says, look at me. He knows what he's doing. I say, no, I, th- <laughs> I think we know that's not true. Yeah, we've seen no evidence of that, but okay. So they get Michael's on the phone. This is probably, I'm sure you like, Kev. Tom, it's Sonny. Jesus, Mary and whatnot. Do I owe you a thank you, Weaver? Thank you. Jacksonville's on the clock and I'm one more crazy shit show from insanity. Can you imagine scoring three first round picks and Bo Callahan? Lord God, let that infant John Carson screw this up. It's Jeff Carson, Tom, and he doesn't have the pick. Which is pretty sanctimonious for the guy who's like, what's that kid GM in Jacksonville? <laughs> now, 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 he's, now he's all upset. Yeah, he's correcting him. I just made a trade with Jacksonville. I'm on the clock. It's me. Bullshit. The Jacksonville Jaguars have made a trade. The Cleveland Browns now have the sixth pick and are on the clock. Sonny, what'd you give him? No time for that. I'm on the clock. I'm going to pick Bo, Tom, unless you want him more. And if so, let's make a deal. We still have Bo Callahan? What the hell's going on, Sonny? Everyone thinks there's something wrong with a kid, but you don't. All right? You've done your due diligence. You're about to pull off the move of the century, but you need my pick to do it. So make me an offer. You've gone rogue. You've gone renegade. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I could have... Could have gotten Vontae at seven, but instead I trade up with you just so I can get him at one. Jesus Christ. You were right about me, Tom. I am a crazy man, so come on, take advantage of it. What are you waiting for? Make me a deal, Tom, at six, and you get your boy Wonder. What do you want? I want my number ones back, all of them. That's crazy. Why would I give them back? Because at the end of the day, no one's the wiser. Tom, you haven't lost anything, and you get the quarterback Messiah you've always wanted for $7 million less. No, no, I can't do it. I look like an idiot, like I panicked. You take them. You obviously don't want to. I'll stick with my draft picks. Yeah, but you want them, Tom, don't you? Seahawk fans want a hero, and you denied them. Now, don't forget, the guy with the boo sign is probably still outside the window. So you got Effigy. Yes, the effigy is still there, too. Right. And he's like, I've checked all the Seattle Seahawks fan blogs. And chat rooms. The chat rooms. Yeah, right. (laughs) Guy guy doesn't have, he doesn't have Twitter, but he's in the 
Right. He's in the chat room. I'm on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you don't know who's picking fourth, but he knows. <laughs> I don't care about that. Uh, yeah, you do. You and I both know it. I have the golden ticket now, Tom, and if I give it to you, you get to save Seahawk football in Seattle. Um, about give you number two picks. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, I want my picks back, all of them. I want all three years of this team's future back. That's not fair. Well, you want to cry about it, Tom, or you want to make a little magic before the clock runs out on both of us? Seven million cheaper solves our salary cap problem. We still give the fans what they want. Okay, screw it. No more offer. It's off the table, Tom. I'm taking Calvin. Whoa, 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 no, no. Hey, wait. All right, you have a deal. Give you your picks. We have a deal. Right. And now, I would shouldn't we be getting shots of Brian Drew and his wife and panicked because they ju- they just found out that they've got the pick and, they, and he's going to get replaced by Bo Callahan again? We don't get that. Yep. But then Sonny puts him on mute and goes, "What else do we need?" <laughs> again, shouldn't no planning. They're just they're constantly at Nothing. the seat of their pants. GM has no idea what we need, but his girlfriend goes. Punt returner, get punt. <laughs> David Putney. What else do we need? Special teams. Putney, get Putney. Yes. David Putney. 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 Yeah. Okay. Hello? Sonny? I'm sorry, that deal's now off the table. What? We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. What? So he hits mute again to unmute it, and he goes, I'm sorry, that deal's off the table. And Michael's like, what? And he goes, we live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago, which Ooh, echoes the, we live in a different world than we did two hours ago. He goes, back from earlier. he goes, what? What do we want now? He's like, I want my picks back. I want David Putney. I need a punt returner. It doesn't matter. I want all my picks back, and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? You make this deal right now, Tom, and you get Bo Callahan. Say it with me. You get Bo. Come on, Tom. Say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. Say, say it with me. Say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. Yep. That's the best line of all. I texted that. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody, he says that. He goes, and when he says, say it with me, you pancake eating motherfucker, all the guys in the, all these tough macho guys are like tittering in the background. Like somebody, like somebody farted in a second grade classroom. Like, ah, all right, shit, yeah. deal. And he goes, great, you're welcome. And everybody in the room goes crazy. And he, and, and Sonny yells, God damn it, I love this job. And he's like, we're back at seven where we started. So what do we need? Ray Jennings. We take Ray Jennings. That's right. Cleveland royalty. Haven't I been telling everybody that that's what we need, a running back? <laughs> Yet again, they didn't actually have a plan when they made the trade. They're like, okay, now what do we need? What should we pick? Right. Uh, Molina says, you got some set of balls, Sonny. Congratulations. And then uh, Terry Crews' phone rings. He hands it to his son. And Sonny says, hey, Ray, how'd you like to be a Brown? And then the next line, as we know, is, I don't know. Can I call you back, Charlie? I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, actually, doesn't Dennis Leary make the call? That's, That's right. Yeah, right. 
You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, Sonny's like, fuck it. Here's your running back. Play for your old man's team. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and that's what he, and, and there's like, you want to call Ray Jennings? Like, okay, my pleasure, boss. Something like that. Right. Now he's, yeah. he loves him. Now they're collaborating. Yeah. Finally, we got there. The collaboration has taken hold. Uh, so now they're at the, they're at the, the post-draft party. When you were like, I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney because I feel like it. Like, how did you come up with that? I was pissed. Vontae shows up at the party because they had flown him in as soon as they made the pick. And uh, he gets introduced. He runs up to the podium and he hugs Sonny. And the GM is at least six inches taller than his new middle <laughs> linebacker, which is just a little <laughs> bit troubling. Sports radio host says he turned something, he turned nothing into a big time something. It's like, well, nothing was the seventh overall pick. That's not really nothing. Right. Sonny and Allie run into his mom on their way out. And mom says, I think your dad would have been very happy to coach a team like this. And then she says, let's go dig him up. No, she didn't say that. That would be bad. He goes, I think so too. (laughs) Thank you. And she says, bye, Allie. She gets her name right. And she goes, good night. She knew all along. She knew all along. What an adorable little one. And so then they stop and turn. And Sonny tells his mom that Allie's pregnant. They're going to have a baby. But then he also says that he just traded the baby and two future babies for one of Vontae Mack's nephews. He's still wheeling (laughs) and dealing. And Jim Brown and Bernie Kosar. Yeah, we fast forward to the opener where (laughs) Allie is clearly pregnant. Jim Brown and Bernie Kosar are hanging out in the owner's box. Uh, Molina says, I can't take all the credit, but I will. And the Browns run onto the field led by Vontae and Brian Drew and probably get beat by Pittsburgh 41 to (laughs) three. So the closing credits feature shots of of current NFL players at the time. Which bear do you think gets featured in the credits? Brian Erlacher. Even better. Shea McClellan. And it's in wow. warm-ups. He's running a sprint, not even an action shot. It's, it's like, oh, that's great. Wow. All right, so to wrap this up. I want to see that again. So, yeah. Sonny traded three number one picks. Three, he p- traded three number ones for the number one overall pick. Then he traded three twos for the six. Then he traded the sixth overall for three number ones and David goddamn Putney. Because he like it. <laughs> so I guess basically he traded three number twos for the right to draft Vontae Mack, uh, Ray Jennings, and David Goddamn Putney. So not too bad, I guess. Yeah. Ryan Patient will make that off for the Falcons. Sorry, go ahead, Cal. He says, we had a great day. Super <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> Okay, so this movie was supposed to be was supposed to feature the Bills, but they determined it was cheaper to shoot in Ohio than New York, so they switched it, which is ironic, Mike, because Major League shot in Milwaukee because it was cheaper right. than Cleveland. So right. there you go. Yeah. Well, the other thing, how about the draft day party? It says it's just after midnight. Everyone looks fresh, and they're all eating beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were supposed to use the Browns' actual offices in the shoot, but they were being remodeled, and it was running behind schedule. So the war room and Sonny's office were actually rooms at Cuyahoga Community College. Uh, they did use exteriors of the practice facility. The practice field was really the Browns' field, and the weight room was really theirs. Um, Leary claimed he based Coach Penn on a combination of John Gruden and Bill Belichick. Eh, sure. That's some combination. And the Alley character 
that Jennifer Garner played was based on Browns cap expert Megan Rogers. Rogers worked for the Browns from 2009 to 2014 and then went to work for the West Coast Conference. So there you have it. There we have it. That was a great, great run, though. (laughs) So, uh, Mike, I have a few questions we ask each other at the end of number one. So who would Mike Pusateri have played in draft day? Which character would you have been? Well, I'm going to go with the guy who berates Rick the intern. <laughs> so you're the prison break, you're the prison break <laughs> yeah. guard. I'll go for him, yeah. Cap, who would you play? Um, well, fuck it. I would have been Sonny freaking Weaver. Sonny. Yeah, you would. All right. Yeah, I want to be Bagels. I want to be the uh, – the, the crazed strength coach who says ridiculous things like star wide receiver. Yeah, after he tells him about star wide receiver Andre Bell, you notice <laughs> he smacks that one player right in the ass as hard as he can. <laughs> and then my favorite actor was a guy named Trey Wilson. Do you remember Trey Wilson, Cap? You remember him because he played. He was the manager in Bull Durham. Yes. And he was Nathan Arizona in Raising Arizona, the unpainted uh, furniture magnate. So I always ask Mike who who we think Trey Wilson should have played. And this one I think is easy. I think this one's easy, too. This is the, the Dan Doherty yes. character. Yes, he would be Ralph, yeah. the scout who tells yeah. the, the completely circular stories to finally get to his point. That would be right. Bad. Yeah. They tape a $100 bill in the back of their playbook. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. All right, so I guess we'll close with Cap. Why do you love draft day so much? Because I, as you know, I was a scout in the NBA for four years. And so I always kind of envisioned myself, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I'd be in a front office somewhere. And I, being a Cubs fan, my team sucked every year. So the (laughs) biggest part of of the year was not the games. It was what move we're going to make in the off season to give us all hope. So I love hot stove talk. Here's the fucking draft. I was a scout, all of that. It all came together for me. And I absolutely love Jennifer Garner. All good reasons. Yep. All good reasons. All good reasons. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, Kep, we, we more than appreciate you hopping on yeah. to do this. Um, this is a blast cap. Thanks for joining us. A lot of fun. Anytime you guys need me, give me a yell. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So, of course, um, I didn't do this at the top, so I'll do it at the bottom. Uh, you, can, uh, you can find Mike Pusateri at MikePusateri.com. You can yep. follow Dave Kaplan at the Capman on Twitter. Are you like the Ohio State University of Twitter? So the funny thing is, real quick, so I was never going to be on Twitter. I remember our old marketing director of TV walking through the newsroom to me and Pat Boyle going, would you guys like to Twitter? And we're like... <laughs> No, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And then I'm on vacation with my wife. This is like 09. It just is getting going. And my wife is in marketing. And she said, we're at the pool. And she goes, you need to get on Twitter. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. She's like, no, Twitter is absolutely going to be something that will be great for a, your brand, your show, driving people to your shows. And it is going to be massive. I'm telling you, you're out of your mind. So I get on my laptop and I'm looking and I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll sign up for this at David Kaplan. It's already gone. Yep. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> gone. She's like, I told you this is going to be big. I go, well, what am I going to be? She's like, well, what does everybody call you? And I go, Catman. She's like, well, then be the Catman. I'm like, it's good. I got it. And that's how it came about. <laughs> and then you got, I, to, you got to go on to Twitter and find out that everybody on Twitter is super positive and helpful oh, and God. complimentary. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, so like, I used to be that guy that if you tweeted some bullshit at me, I'd go right back at you. And my wife is standing behind me in the kitchen one night. And some idiot's, you know, blasting me. You suck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm tight. And my wife goes, you can't hit send on that. I go, fuck that guy. And she's like, how many followers does he have? Four. <laughs> okay, you're an idiot. He's got four followers, and you're going to put your career on the line for send on that? And I deleted it from that moment on. That's where take that came from. And I try to be, hey, man, you're an idiot. And I write back, and you follow me. Take that. Okay. Right. That's it. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And, of course, people yes. can subscribe to the Pointless Exercise newsletter at PointlessExercise.com. We're running a special right now where you can pay full price for it. And, of course, you could follow this uh, podcast feed, Pointless Exercise podcast. We have this podcast, the Movie Deep Dive podcast with Mike Pusateri. We also have a Cub podcast with Sam Fells from Deadspin and Kyle Reichert. And we have Remember This Crap with me and Mike Donahue, the most recent one. We got to go down the rabbit hole of the 2009 Cubs which the, we could only remember it for uh, Milton Bradley at first, which was all right. there in, the, in that locker room all the time. <laughs> all right. So yeah. thanks a lot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have herpes. 